following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. special episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and it's just me. Uh, the rest of the guys aren't here because I'm just doing a brief introduction to our final Fooly Cooly alternative episode discussion. We'll also be touching on the season as a whole and what we thought of both of the new seasons of Fooly Cooly. It's quite the conversation, so strap in, it's a long one. Before that, though, there has been a bit of news that I wanted to touch on. Uh, That being, uh, depending on when this episode is actually posted, there's a couple of marathons coming up. Uh, I mentioned this in the next recording, which I'm sure is completely useless information by the time that one comes out. Uh, If this episode comes out on Saturday the 22nd, uh, later tonight, you will be able to watch a... Seven and a half hour marathon of Dragon Ball Super. It covers 15 episodes. It runs from 9 p.m. until 4.30. And I believe it covers all of the pre-tournament episodes. The following Saturday, Toonami will be a Boruto marathon from 9 p.m. until 2.30. It will cover all of the episodes of Boruto that have aired thus far. That obviously isn't seven hours worth, so they'll be finishing off the night with the usual reruns, those being Pop Team Epic at 2.30, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans Season 2 at 3 a.m., and Samurai Jack will finish things off at 3.30. Yes, if you hadn't heard yet, uh, Loop on the Third Part 4 has left Toonami once again and has made way for Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans Season 2. Yes, just Season 2. They most likely no longer have the rights to Season 1. So if you missed it, you get another chance. There is, however, a big schedule change coming just around the corner. The first Saturday of January, Toonami will be losing the first two hours of the night. Well, technically it's still six hours, but it will now be starting at 11 p.m. with Dragon Ball Super leading the block. Because of that, various shows will be shifting down an hour or later, depending. So after Dragon Ball Super, you have Boruto at 11.30, then My Hero Academia at midnight, then Mob Psycho 100 is at 12.30. Megalo Box moves to 1 a.m. JoJo moves to 1.30. Black Clover is at 2. Hunter Hunter is at 2.30. Naruto Shippuden's premieres move all the way to 3 a.m. With Attack on Titan at 3.30. Pop Team Epic at 4 a.m. And Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans finishes things off at 4.30. Now, you might be wondering where Samurai Jack went. It will be starting over on weekdays at 8 p.m. when Adult Swim regains the 8 p.m. slot. Uh, 
and DBZ Kai, no longer part of Toonami, will still be airing on Saturday nights in primetime at 8pm, followed by a rerun, let me stress, rerun, of Dragon Ball Super. We talk a lot more about that in the next podcast, but I just wanted to get that news out there as soon as possible. And also, if by chance you haven't heard, Adult Swim and Crunchyroll are partnering to do a Blade Runner anime series that will broadcast on Toonami some point in the future. Probably not until 2020, maybe even 2021. But once again, we will be discussing that news item along with some others more at length in the next episode. Now, without further delay, let's finally get to our final Fooly Cooly Alternative Recap episode. It was a lot of fun to record, and I hope you enjoy it. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash Podcast and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audible.com slash Podcast to get started today. the Toonami Faithful Podcast, and to recap this final episode of Fooly Cooly Alternative, we have two esteemed guests, along with my co-host, Darrell. Who are the guests, you ask? Well, believe it or not, I managed to wrangle both Jose and Carl for the same episode. This is going to be good. Um, hello, everyone. My name's Jose. Uh, I, oh, sorry, Carl. Did you want to go first? No, go ahead. Okay, so um, I should probably start with, I used to host this show. Uh, I was the sketch before sketch. Before sketch was cool. Um, Correct. And... <laughs> the real gave Jose a lot of grief. Yeah, that was way back in the day. Um, but uh, I also have to disclose that I work for Turner Broadcasting. I work for CNN, which also owns uh, Adult Swim. And I guess technically these seasons of Fooly Cooly, sort of. Or they're involved at least. Um, but, I think they uh, own it for yeah, the U.S. and whatever. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't work on fully Cooly at all, and uh, I'm not here as a representative of, of Adult Swim in any way. Just I really like this uh, season, and I wanted to talk about it. Fair enough. And uh, yeah, That's I'm Carl, name. aka Altaclastron, music guy and software engineer, and former ish moderator uh, at what was toon zone and is now i guess anime oh superhero <laughs> let's not go on that tangent we'll save that for later <laughs> save that for off the air um and uh a guy who wrote a big five thousand uh word breakdown of progressive that uh one of the producers who was on the show uh tsunami executive jason demarco uh recommended as one of the better breakdowns apparently so that's about as qualified as I am to be here, by which I mean not qualified at all. And you wrote that 
quite some time before other people started popping out these videos. It was like, what was progressive all about? And what did progressive I, try to accomplish? I, I really don't want to watch any of that because I don't, probably don't, 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 don't I would call, I would probably just like I'd be like, I got to find these people and hurt them. <laughs> no, um, not, I feel I'm like not. I feel like unfortunately video essay culture, especially in the anime space, is always like here's this thing I have to say, but you know, I'm not going to back it up with anything. Like there's very well, few I'm, guys. I would, well, I would I'm very bad at saying it. it too. Like, like those guys are usually very, like, even if they have a point, like you might be like, all right, I see what you're getting at. So many of them, they, I mean, it's the problem that early internet music had where you can just see them learning in real time. And that's <laughs> bad television <laughs> or bad, bad video. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's let's get into this, shall I? Shall I attempt to summarize the last episode? Yes, please, Carl. Events. Tell us about the episode full flat. So we open with uh, Haruko fighting a sort of Gurren Laganish pirate king Conti variant uh, while trying to stop the iron with literally like a giant oil rig drill, uh, gerrymandered on top of it or something, um, and it goes okay from one perspective because haruko beats up the robot but on the other hand the robot does knock over her her giant drill and uh the giant hand descends onto the iron and meanwhile you've got the military lined up to do probably nothing uh while everybody else is trying to flee the city which um was really interesting because it's i'm going to come back to this a couple of times during this uh summary very similar to like real footage from like japan <laughs> Uh, relating to natural disasters, which is an interesting choice. Um, meanwhile, um, we get news uh, that the plants will activate in a day and a half while the, uh, the, the politician is fleeing to Mars with all the rest of the rich, which is kind of on the nose. Um, as uh, What's the, uh, the fella's name? It's Conda. Uh, it's like everybody's yeah. just did it for themselves. Um, we then cut to Masan and uh, Yujiri heading into school while Kana is AWOL looking at old photos, being a little depressed, a little neat. Um, she's got a bandage on her forehead that directly evokes Nauta's bandage from the first episode of the original series. Kana goes into work, has a mild breakdown about uh, wanting everything to stay the same before it all ends, um, which is kind of interesting because that's a contrast. We'll get into that later uh, versus our other two previous uh heroes and um Masan and yujiri run into kana who's on her way back from work uh again front of front of uh, front of all these shuttered stores because everybody's bailed very much like actual dying small towns in japan uh haruko runs into kanda drinking beer and smoking and admits she's been 19 forever while berating him for drinking and smoking and being a little teenage punk even though he's like 40 or whatever Un of un of unknown middle age uh yeah, he's about 42 yeah he, he he look old <laughs> uh the remaining kids uh oh it's interesting that Con that conda's lighter doesn't work in opposite to fire starter episode two fully cooling all these little quick callbacks in here that i want to just call out while i'm thinking about it uh remaining kids in class are basically looking for e at each other's sunburns while all the girls have bailed to walk to the beach in that searing heat to look at the island uh, launch platform and see pets off from the shore. But while Masan and Ujiri are like, we love you, we're going to miss you, Kana's just kind of sitting there moping, uh, and she's already kind of like souring the mood a little. Um, and then we get a little monologue from Kana, which is pretty rare. Like, this series is not heavy 
on internal monologues um, the way the original show was. And this one, again, Shimmering Ocean, which is just like the final episode of Fully Coolie talking about that same kind of thing. We see the rockets lift off. Um, we also t- see that uh, the, to the, the two boy classmates also see the rockets lift off. It's that, interesting they're palling around, clearly. That looked like like that one moment of them sitting on the bike looking at the That was the off. most BL fucking thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was also really Shinkai looking. Yeah, yeah, a bit of that too. Um, so Yujiri Mosan is still kind of upbeat, but Kana's just about to cry as she sees the rockets lift, uh, lift off. Haruko rolls in, smashes her with a Vespa, dumps her in the sand, get like the least fanservice-y panty shot. Um, that you could get because it's just a joke. It's true. Um, and meanwhile, uh, countdown ends, and the military can't do anything. The iron is out there doing work, and uh, we get a meta. I'm not one for bad endings out of Haruko, and we flash back to Haruko and Kanda in the noodle, noodle shop, and they're making plans to take out at least that one iron. I don't know about all these other ones that they show around the world. Um, so Haruko gives Kanda back the laser gun from his one time of summoning something through a nano channel, asks him to join in. Kanda wakes up from her bike concussion, sees her town emit in these ruins that, again, just look like they just rotoscoped like through uh, disaster footage from like the major quakes and like tsunamis and stuff. Um, it's really crazy. And when you, especially when you see the uh, iron head to the school and blow it to bits and that rush of energy. And I'm just like, they're not, not being subtle with that. And so, uh, you know, Karako puts it to her. Only your forehead can end this now. So a uh, little pep talk before the end of the world. And Kana finally is ready to fight such as it is. Uh, once she can open her heart and admit she loves pet people, even pets, who is super mean to her. And admits that she doesn't know anything that she was selfish. Meanwhile, Haruko and Kanda and even Yujiri and Mosan go to fight against the mass production Kanta units. Um, by the way, it's notable that Haruko's color scheme matches Unit 02 from Evangelion. Uh, Haruko finally admits, uh, finally shouts Kana into summoning Atomisk grade NO powers, though he's never named. You see the symbol, you never hear the word Atomisk in the show, and you actually never see the bracelet on uh, the, the Atomisk detector bracelet on Haruko's wrist in alternative. Um, Kana admits she's afraid of not having friends and lied about that self, but she's come to terms with that. She proclaims her love for pets, which love, love? Uh-huh. And it rips... People are definitely interpreting that way. I mean, it's, it's one of the... definitely not. No, it's one of those. I, I think like, it's just I, strong friendship. Yeah, it is. I mean, I I lean towards that too, but like, I'm I'm not I'm not the person to be like necessarily analyzing that subtext seriously. Um, so it was not Eros, man. It was more on the Gappy side. Like, yeah. I'm I, not opposed. I'm not opposed to the concept of of them actually wanting to be with each other, but that's not what the show has been doing the whole time. Yeah, no, I don't feel like there's been enough underlying that but anyway her love whatever kind of love it is rips a wormhole to mars it seems and that uh, in the process seems to brush against the uh, the past or the original timeline i've seen a lot of back and forth on that online earth seems to be smoothed over in the wake of all this but otherwise we loop back to the start and but with a mars in the sky and it's pretty obvious at the end that Haruko has been sucked to Mars because that last shot of her, I freeze framed it. And it's like, there's a domed city in the background and it's all pink. Like, you know, Mars is. So that is, um, 
you know, that's kind of, that's the end of Fully Coley Alternative. Kana has her friends again. The city seems to be recovering. Like, there's a little loose time frame. Like, you don't know how much, how far after any of this stuff is in that last set of shots. But yeah, that's, uh, that's Alt, uh, episode six summary. There you go. <laughs> um, Jose, I want to start with why you like Alt the best. Uh, well, uh, one big reason is that there are two Akira references in the at the end of episode six. There's Haruko sliding, and then um, there's the wormhole where like those shots are a direct callback to Akira. Yeah, there's like those are um, and the big well, explosion the explosion is, well. is definitely the yeah. And it's a conduit to said portal where, like, there are literally direct shots from Akira uh, that Haruko just basically plays Kaneda in that. <laughs> so that that that'll that'll do it for me. Uh, Akira references. <laughs> no, but that's not actually why. Um, so the the thing about the original Fooly Cooly um, is that it's about characters growing up. Mm-hmm. And as much as I love Naoto and, and as well as they developed him, I, I by the end of it, he doesn't change as much as I'd, I'd like him to. But Kana goes through like this whole big arc and so does all these characters and the focus on these characters is so good. And I really kind of fell in love with all these characters. Um, the focus on the four girls is like, you know, it, it's all it always comes back to them. And. You know, even watching the show, because I actually rewatched it again today, um, like, it's so easy to pick out things like pets. A lot of pets' comments are, like, mean. And then when you know what what pets actually thinks of Kana by mm-hmm. the end of it, like, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you, you the whole time you think she's, like, joking and, like, kind of making fun of Kana. She's like, no, she's, she's actually being serious. Yeah. And Kana's just missing it. And... All that, all that recontextualizes a lot of the relationships, and it's just like go watch it again if you haven't. Like it's amazing to rewatch it, knowing all this stuff, and you're like, oh man, like Kana's a bitch, <laughs> and she doesn't, she doesn't know it for a long time, and Pets is like in her own way telling her that she is. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just yeah. like if nothing else, very she's very self centered. Like it's a very different. Um, I mean, it's interesting because she doesn't necessarily parallel uh now to like she's not and she's she's not like like now to indomi you can sort of say they're like reverse of each other like now to has like you know very like his whole character is driven by freudian subtext and being and, you know borderline uh sort of edible complex kind of shit and that kind of stuff and you can say like in in, in reverse uh hidomi's lacanian driven and very like maybe electro complex maybe underneath there and, and some other shit and Khan is just dense. Khan is just like a dense person who doesn't want to grow up. And if yeah. anything, like the only person that that parallels is probably Haruko from the first two series. Like so, that's you know, more it's closer to those character wise. Now to throughout the entire run of the first of a classic, he's basically just he's like, I want to be grown up. And this is how I think grown up should act. And I, I don't know why everybody's not mature around me. But he doesn't actually know what being grown up is. Well, no, he has and no it, good examples of that in his life, to be fair. Yeah. Like, his father's yeah. emotionally arrested. His grandfather's emotionally arrested. His brother bailed on him. 
Like, it's very interesting that basically he's like, I mean, it's a like Dude. there's there's a quality in that in, in the depiction of, of Nauta as a character because you're like, oh, that's exactly like how a kid in like that no like stable example environment acts is like, well, now I've got to be the like mature person in there have no without any example of what that actually is especially yeah. when you're 12. He was around like, emotional freaking vampires the whole time. They were toxic as hell. Yeah. Well, what he doesn't realize is that that is kind of what growing up is in the first place, is just finding your weird, wacky way through it all. Yeah. And Well, and also you know, that, like, you're by, not by in that at 12. Like, the, accept, the, the whole thing is, is that he has to accept, like, you're 12. You're not, yeah. like, you just gotta deal with the fact, you, yeah, you're a kid. You're not you're dragging a seventeen. Yeah, you're not dragging a seventeen-year-old to a love hotel, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. That's like, fucked up. Yeah, and Kana like has much less self-awareness, or no, actually, she might have a little more self-awareness because I think she she knows all this. She just won't admit it. Yeah, no. For her, it's just it, denial. Like for her, it's, it's just lot, pure denial. It's a lot of end. denial, and you know she's. She's coming to grips to that and really accepts it. And finally, like, to grow up is, for, for her, is to say what she feels. And I also really like the character because um, she's kind of a subversion of, of like, the cutesy Moe character. Where, like, everything is great. I'm going to go help my friends, even though they didn't ask me. And it's like, no, bitch, stay in your own lane. Yeah, no, like, <laughs> this is my thing. There is definitely, like, as a, I mean, and this may be part of why some people are, are not feeling it is, is, like, if... A, if original fully clearly tried to like jam a lot of what Ava had to say into six episodes from 26 and then progressive is trying to sort of flip that towards like later psychoanalytical terms and with a different kind of cast, like really for the most part, like alternative is just a really good take on a Iyashi K show. It doesn't necessarily, it somewhat subverts the points of it because these things that people the character that tries to help out is actually a huge pain in the ass in real life, and it takes that those consequences seriously um, in the context of a show where a person can summon a black hole between worlds, a wormhole yeah. between worlds. Um, but I can see it's, like it's, it's a little it's a it's a little thinner structurally then because She's there not... isn't anything de- deeply complex about it. It's just like no, that character from that kind of show when they're acting that way is actually a huge detriment and pain in the ass to people. She's not helping anybody for selfless reasons. She's doing it because she doesn't want to be alone, which is a selfish reason. Yeah, no, um, no. she's very not selfless. And, no, you know, man, she's self-absorbed, man. No, it might not be the deepest point, but like, it's a really good one. And oh, I, uh, you know, it, I I think the the thing that the reason this one speaks to me a lot more than Progressive Progressive got bogged down by the end by so much lore of like medical mechanica and like. Conti and Adamisk, and I'm like, none of this shit matters. Like, who gives a shit? Well, I mean, Ico is it, a literal it, plot device by the end of episode six. You're like, you just introduced her three episodes ago. Like, who is this character? To be so, fair, the original you know. has its fair share of that stuff, too. Like, I went back and rewatched it. I'm like, there's a lot of shit that they just kind of like throw you into something, and it doesn't necessarily like it's just it's just there for like hang references off of at points. But I feel like, like it never fully coolly classic never got to the point where, you know, this thing that we the, this character that we introduced three episodes ago is like a huge important part. It's just like 
this character does what it's supposed to do, has its arc, and then, you know, but ultimately it's all about Nauta and his coming and of think, age and, but, and but growing up was, in the world. But I think and that I was don't the thing think Progressive did that very well. Well, no, I don't think they were trying to at all in the slightest. I think they were, I think there's an explicit thing with Progressive is that is about an ensemble cast. Like it doesn't necessarily, because it's six episodes, it doesn't have the, the and six 22 minute episodes, it doesn't have the space to develop that as well as it should. And it's somewhat rushed. Like I will say there is structural issues but there. Is it but, an ensemble cast? Because so much of it is, is well, well, just... it's an ensemble in as much as everybody needs to be there. Like they don't want it to just be like, and Hidomi's God and they win because we've seen that. We saw that with Nauta and they wanted to try but, and have like other people contribute to the to to the win but um, i show that like it's complete by the third episode the in- episode she's introduced in like we know everything we need to know about that character and then by episode six she is a literal plot device and trophy for one of the other characters You're just like why was this character here like it didn't contribute anything really just a feel that space yeah. Well, I mean, it's a, it's 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 another also it's another footnote. I feel like progressives very heavy on the idea of the youth being exploited in the service of the existing like gerontocracy, military industrial complex type stuff. Like we see Ico used that way. We see Marco used that way. We see even Ide kind of used that way. But those two characters specifically are just they ex- they're they're there to be used by the people who already have some sort of like technological power or power in society to achieve their goals however misguided they may be towards defeating like an external force like they have no like the their lack of depth and agency is kind of underlying that point about exploitation i think it just it just feels met like let me let me be clear i really love progressive like mm-hmm. episodes one four and five are excellent in fact episode four is my favorite of all three series like wow. it's that good of an episode. Wow. I love that. But two and three are just okay, and then six is just a mess. Like it's, I don't it, know. It, 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 it does technically suffer from the from the the Star Wars sequel prequel syndrome of just too many endings. <laughs> like it's like, like four endings in one show. There is like there is like too many plot lines. You're like I don't care about like three quarters of these. I care about Idomi and her mom, right. and I care about and I care about Idomi and Ide and genuine and Haruko and they get maybe less screen time than everybody else. And you're just like, why? I don't care what happened to Marco. I definitely <laughs> didn't give a damn. I really didn't give a damn what happened to Marco. At I, all, I, I, like I said, I think the Marco thing is really just like, it's in, 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 in the same way that the in progressive or in, in alternative, there's just this very, blatant as it goes along, like heavier and heavier subtext of just like, yeah, the rich have fucked this planet and they're going to leave. Yeah. And everyone should, else should, is screwed. Um, should, should we just touch on the climate change allegory? Cause it's, it's not subtle. No, no. it's like, it's, it's super not subtle. And on top of it, it's interesting because like, I think it, like, I think I've heard like conflicting reports about like how we ended up with two new fully coolies. But if it, the idea was at one point these had similar ideas, behind them you could both say both much more than the original series touch on this idea of the people in power don't know what the fuck they're doing and either they're going to bail which you see an alternative or they're going to fight by using child soldiers which you see in progressive <laughs> like straight up not gonna uh, talk about that and it's now, just kind the- of like kind of like it's interesting to see like that's like 
you're right. The original Foley Coley is really, really just now it's his Bildungs Roman. Like it's his coming of age and virtually everyone else in there is just set pieces for him to deal with specific issues against. I would and, say that that is still a majority of alternative as well. Like that is the main focus of the show is Kana and her relationships and yeah, no, understanding like her, her that change are... is inevitable and you need to adapt and grow to keep up. Yeah. Well, I mean, world. you get, you get the kind of like, what are the, what like, if you take them as like three takes on what are the stumbling blocks of growing up? There's trying to grow up too fast. There's wanting uh, nothing because you're so afraid of the future. And then there's wanting exactly what you have because they're so afraid of the future. And it's very interesting that they do, they found these th three very separate lanes uh, for these each to exist in. Like after sort of fully coolly sort of soaks the, the in a sense what I, I've pointed out is like the typical Gynex lane of, yeah, it's a young man's coming of age. Like they found two very different things that provide a similar tension and conflict for the yeah. uh, protagonist um which is like that's uh you know execution questions aside very clever yeah like look i i i'm not willing to throw away progressive because of its crummy last episode um like two-thirds of a great series does not a with a bad ending does not a bad series make like it's all no. about the journey but man, that that ending. I I I want to give Progressive another chance, especially because that movie version. I'm assuming they redid because it wasn't just the the structural problems, like there were animation problems in that last episode too. Yeah, I'll be um, very curious to see if we get like cleaned up versions of some of this stuff. Um, Alternative like was solid throughout, but it was it was Progressive that I think had a rush schedule and actually came yeah. out after Alternative in Japan. Um, yeah. Which again, so it's it's very interesting to see people try and like start to place these things on a on a on a timeline, and it really just seems like alternatives got to be just literally an alternative universe. I think that's the implication of her, of Haruko seeing, uh, the events of uh, original reflected in herself and yeah, the so. Vespa. Like, I think that just literally means like this is a separate timeline. I think Jason kind of implied that it's a he sort of implied it's a prequel, which. I, I don't buy for a second. It doesn't. It uh, doesn't quite line up because there's other stuff that seems like, okay, so it's a prequel, but the Japan that they depict in, uh, alternative is a very different Japan to the one depicted in, uh, classic. In, in classic. Like classic Japan is really a a '90s '80s even japan in a lot no, of ways it's, it's the early 2000s like they have flip phones and stuff like that they, but, they have flip phones you know, but i mean then, the, 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 the way the small town setting looks like you don't yeah. like with um with uh i mean alternative specifically alternative has all these like i mean the the parody versions of stores like the daddy so in place of the daiso the uh fact that medical mechanica was disguising itself as a giant marui store or not Marui, whatever, um, you know, fake giant Japanese big box store. Like those, th that's a very modern small town Japan concern. <laughs> and, you know, Kana, uh, it's, it's Kana has like smartphones and everything. You know, exactly. All that yeah. Stuff. So they yeah, would like, have I'm to like, have I mean, really hit the reset button for it to technically be a prequel. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, I mean, fully, fully, generally you know after a certain point you've got three different direct you've, you've had three different people managing these things now um 
trying to say like, oh, all these things need to fit together, or like these need like they they have to be taken. No, they clearly don't care. Yeah, like it's not that wasn't necessarily the intent, and I think it gets into fan wank to try and overthink that too much. Um, you know, it's weird when I saw people saying Howard Cope's blown back to the past, and I'm like, there's clearly yeah, that's uh, (laughs) like the past via the Jetsons, what? Yeah, I saw I saw this whole thing where like you know, uh, oh Haruko went to the past because you know she doesn't have her Vespa until the last episode. It's outside the soba shop the whole time, yeah. and that's the first time it shows up within her possession. Yeah, um, and then also stole you know, she doesn't mention Adamus. She doesn't have the bracelet, all that stuff, and then yeah. she ends up uh, on a pink sky planet. Everyone's like, oh, that's the sky in the original fully Coley classic. I'm like, no, it's not. They have a blue sky. Yeah. Well, and also, there's a fucking domed city in the background. It's Mars. Yeah. It's Mars. <laughs> it's Mars. She got her ass to Mars. <laughs> um, I don't know. It is interesting. Like, I do feel like I want to. Like, it's fully cool. You kind of have to like watch it and rewatch it and rewatch it. Like, I made when I, when Alt was airing, I watched it basically back. Like, watch it and immediately rewatched it because I found that that was pretty useful with everything that i missed in prog um yeah like both of like but i will say both shows definitely honor fully cool in terms of being very informationally dense there's a lot of stuff they just show and do not tell and if anything show more subtly because the original fully cool is so geared around being otaku centric and 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 in that being hyper animated but there's stuff that they didn't tell you but they waved in front of you whereas prog and um Alt just sort of like show you like it's just there in the background of the scene and it's on you to not try and say like oh this is a tv that i can watch and do something else too no it does needs a hundred thousand percent of your attention and somebody called me super pretentious on twitter for saying that i'm like yes yeah i don't i i'm I, no i i can true. say because <laughs> the first time i saw this final episode i was in a skype call with duelists and we were watching it together, and I definitely missed some things, and I had to rewatch it because I was too busy thinking about one thing when they were showing me the next thing. And it's yeah, you really no, it's, gotta... it's both. They're really informationally dense. No, and and ultimately, I found alternative really rewarding uh, by the end of it. I just I, I connected it with with these characters in a way that I didn't with Nauta, not as much with Nauta, and I mm. I kind of lost by the end of progressive because just so much was going on i think um, it's more I, I, it's the most feel good of these three well no it's based off the, it's, it's based off they feel well it's, it's based off a feel good genre though like yeah, it's really the, the interesting thing about genre. it is progressive ending like focused. ties up all this stuff in a happy ending right yeah whereas, kind of explicitly <laughs> whereas this one it's not a really happy ending. It's it's kind of a happy ending, but you still have the relationship broken with pets. Well, I mean, that's left really... I mean, the weirdest thing about them opening a wormhole to Mars is you see them lifting off with solid fuel rockets. So they're going to get to Mars and they're going to see Earth from there. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's actually like... That's what confuses the shit out of me. It's like, wait a second. She shouted. She shouted uh, uh, her 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 love to Mars, but her friend isn't there yet. Like even her last, Oops. even her trying to be selfless well, is still kind of like a little. And I'm sure this is an intention. She was still kind so, of. <laughs> I, I did they end up on Mars? Did did they end up on Mars? Or did they end up on an alternative Earth? 
and Haruko was the only one who got sent to Mars. I think Haruko is the only one that got sent to Mars. Mars. Haruko is the only one who got sent to Mars. I think they have now, and it's it's this is the other thing that's kind of weird because I can't. This is maybe this gets into okay. Sometimes production quality really matters. Is the you see this blue marbled planet in one of the shots? That the implication is mo- most of Earth has been flattened now, um, or are we seeing a blue Mars? Because we see another shot of Earth after that one from the back, where we see um, a uh, we see all the lights that you'd normally see on planet Earth at night. Because we see it's a it's a backlit shot, right? So we're seeing the you're seeing the Earth from night from that side, and things look normal. So I'm like, I don't know, and I'm not gonna like again. It just starts to get into like this part of it, it, just, don't 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 fucking magic xylophone this shit. Like I've got to st- stay away from from that level of of thought on it. We're uh, definitely going down the rabbit hole. But my my personal theory is that like Kana opened up a portal to a different earth because you see a kind of a reddish earth and by the end of her, her monologue it changes to pink sky so i think they just ended up but i don't but i don't know if it's, universe but, earth, but i don't know and if then it's medical actually won on well, regular earth that's a possibility i mean the other thing though is it might be a reddish earth because you're just seeing they have left a wormhole open to mars so you're just seeing mars through the wormhole you know i read it uh, if that is theory. mars yeah that yeah. might what? not be mars and, and Haruka uh, might be the only one who went it, yeah. it popped up on the uh, Ask Me Anything. Well, no, 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 no. What Megan I'm saying Taylor is, that, I'm not saying that they're. I'm, wait, wait, wait. This, I'm not saying that they're on Mars. I'm saying that Earth is still there. No, they're definitely not on well, Mars. Mars is Mars is there, but the wormhole's still open. So they're seeing Mars from Earth, which is why the sky is pink now because they're now getting light reflected off Mars through the wormhole. I, I think the wormhole's closed. I wasn't sure because you still see like you it, like the last shot. And I will double check this. You see, like a planet, really close to Earth, like you see, like a whole planet in the sky. Something completely got swallowed by the wormhole. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some shit. I want to say it's Mars. Uh, it could be. uh, The thing is, it's so open to percep um to your different perception and perspective. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's left open, so basically you're free to interpret what you think it was. I mean, sure, it could have been an alternative herb, what medical mechanical land, like everybody said, or it could have been that she just created this event horizon, which was the wormhole, which has created this singularity where she was able to make a point in space-time where she was able to connect Mars to Earth, man, and, you know, Haruko got sent there ahead of everybody else. So, you know, I'm trying to look at it from every angle that I can. Yeah, the, 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 the pan up shows, you have this pan up right at the end. I just brought the episode up. Always record episodes, I'm kids. downloading it right now, yeah. And you see what you see, sort of a pinkish globe. And then the William Street yeah. logo. Um, so I'm like, I think Mars is in the sky now next to Earth. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of weird. Which really then suggests, like, this must be an alternative timeline because the, how come I didn't see Mars in the fucking sky in the next two yeah, seconds? Yeah, fuck with multiverses and shit, man. Like, come yeah. on. I heard something hey, hey, about we're the, going, growing oh, way down a rabbit hole. The the original oh, yeah. was maybe <laughs> supposed to take place on Mars, but that didn't actually happen. <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe it could have happened like she switched up when Mars turned flat, man. Yeah. Maybe Mars is blue now, and that's the original Fooly Cooly. We figured yeah. it out, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> Shit, come back here. Yeah. Oh. So, 
this is an interesting but theory that, that I that I uh, that I read. It was oh. in the uh, Ask Me Anything for Megan Taylor Harvey on Reddit that just got posted <laughs> today, and somebody's interpretation. Uh, Tokyo Dash I said that Kana may have subconsciously used her no potential to alter space time in mm-hmm. episode one to include pets in her last days of senior year, and Medical Mechanica did all that they did in order to reset reality and that's what we get at the end there and it kind of explains <laughs> why pets is really mad at kana after all of this it's an interesting <laughs> theory i don't know i like his i mean I like it, go ahead no i was just gonna say i like that pets doesn't come back uh yeah no it's they like, did not resolve that relationship it's I, I, it's one it, of those things where you know sometimes in life it doesn't work out, and yeah. that's okay. You gotta move on. It's all about the the, the about conversation the about how Kana doesn't want anything to change, but change that has to is change. inevitable. Well, I mean, it gets into um, you know, and that fits with other fully Kali endings, like uh, particularly the original series. Off the top of my head, and as much as you know, Nauta does learn his lesson, but that does come with a explicit cost. Of you don't get to you don't get to uh you know you thought you loved Haruko you don't get Haruko you don't get that you live in the real world you're human you're not a godlike alien you you know uh suck it you don't get immortality Gilgamesh um <laughs> really bringing it really bringing it back um so uh you know this sort of parallels that like you know this is sort of like you've learned your lesson and we're going and it's sticking because you didn't get your friend back um. And I guess it's I guess that's sort of what makes progressives, you know, flip of things kind of weird is as much as I guess as much as you don't get your destruction. You have to deal with the fact that, you know, it's your 14. You're got to you have feelings for people. You're going to date. Things are going to change. And that's OK. And some things are going to stay the same. And that's OK. And I and I guess because this the town is 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 uh, flattened in the wake of that, that's kind of the loss. But it's not necessarily as explicit necessarily as as OG and alternative are making it. As this is the thing that you wanted, you didn't get that. You got what you needed, specifically, and that's there in Prague, but maybe not as explicit. Yeah, to be honest with you, it could have be kind of like the line which in Unicorn, you know, like every time somebody goes to Narnia, once they learn their lesson or whatever they're supposed to learn, man, you know, they can't return back to Narnia. Oh, yeah, no, it's... You know, that time is pretty much up. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like, man, I wish we could see, you know, like this classic character and like what more can, you know, you're not just not going to come back like 20 ripped and like an N.O. God. That's not fucking you know... point. <laughs> Maki did well, say it, that he, some characters from the previous series have gotten married, and I still am not entirely sure who those are. What I re- what I really like is is that we just both dads in progressive and alternative in different ways manage to completely get around the idea of whether they're Nauta or not. And of course, with progressive, that's the absentee father, which allows that to be the whole drive of uh Hidomi the way um the absent uh T aspect of Nauta's mother and other people in Nauta's life is the drive of, of of his conflict here she's got a nuclear family but so we can't have that necessarily be a drive for Kana and I do feel like they kind of stapled on the childhood I I didn't have friends as a kid thing to provide some more justification or they were just told it out of order for narrative convenience 
Um, maybe they plan that from the get-go. But um, they did figure out a way of making her dad sort of like, he's just the t- typical Japanese dad. He's just sitting there reading the newspaper. So you just, you never says anything. So you don't know really, you know, yeah. doesn't, I mean, on the flip side is her name isn't, her name isn't Kana Nandaba. So unless, I mean, though, to be fair, if I were Nauta, I wouldn't keep my fucking family name with his family. So, Trust me, I yeah, I I kind of hated that everybody was like, "Where's Nauta? Where's Nauta?" I'm like, "Nauta's not. Sh- this is not Nauta's story." Yeah, but, Poochie's but not, not going to come show here. Up in this. <laughs> now, all I said, I just wanted to see him make a cameo, Jose, but I knew it wasn't going to happen, man. <laughs> yeah, well, that was like, thing. Oh, is Nauta the guy who's watching from the monsters? No, that's a completely different character, as yeah. we see in a flashback. It's yeah, no, Nauta. I like how they made. I like how they made sure that just in case somebody thought that they're like, no, here's a flashback. His no sucks. <laughs> he doesn't have. He doesn't, he doesn't have. The job he doesn't, done when you know, all he these... doesn't have big no energy. <laughs> No substance. All these other characters have different names. Like, now it's not going to change his name incidentally. If they want it to be Nauta, they probably call him Nauta. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I think it's also pretty valuable that, like, and again, to alt- alternative and, and, and progressive credit, they've left a lot of things open such that if Suramaki ever finishes with Ano on uh, the final A of the film, and he feels like coming back. So like, never. So probably never, but I mean, should hell ever freeze over, they've left um, fully, fully open to any sort of additional thoughts he has explicitly on the original cast and explicitly on Haruko. Like in both series, Haruko is used in ways that make sense without closing off doors. And I th- it was interesting how many people are like, I wanted some sort of like denouement for a character. I'm like, there's two good reasons not to do that. One it's way more useful for her to play like trickster space God, whether that's in a incredibly caustic and negative way in progressive or the more playful, uh, friendly way in alternative. And two, that's just not anyone else's story to close, but Suramaki. Like if Suramaki has something to like, he, if he has something more to say on that, that's for him to put out into the world for sure. Might need to have a talk with him now. But um, but I ain't gonna do it. Uh, it is. It's. I don't know. I, I do say like. I, like. I think you're right. Like the the uh, the global warming subtext in it is 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 fun, an alternative. I think it's. Uh, I think. It's I, I not think. Subtle. Well, no, no, it's not. Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I say subtext. It's like a super text. It's hyperliminal. Um, in the fifth episode, when yeah. everybody's well, my... getting mad at the politicians, I'm like, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the, news, the, news, the newspapers literally say like invaders mysterious so say something like mysterious invaders politician government's frozen or government's inactive and you're just like well i mean yeah it's true but they shouldn't say it <laughs> like i my my question is though is this, so this is a japanese show but it's also an american co-production mm-hmm. i don't think that climate climate denial is is a thing in Japan, or at least not that I'm aware of. I've uh, never uh, gotten the slightest hint of that from watching a copious amount of NHK World, but I mean that's their government-sponsored face to the world. So, um, but I mean it's it's one of those things where it's like when you take a it, put it this way, climate denialism doesn't necessarily uh, follow with the Japanese virtue of Satoyama living in harmony with nature. Um, climate denialism is literally like a fucking Koyanitskasi life out of balance, like hell zone kind of thing that does not fit with, you know, uh, 
certainly what seems to be a fairly ingrained cultural ethic of trying to like not you know just demolish uh natural things and and even getting into the uh reverence of nature as god's type aspect of of shintoist belief so it's really yeah i just for for myriad reasons i don't think it, it, it can quite have the same i haven't i've never seen it for a lot of reasons out of anything that outside of anime that i've consumed consumed about japan and i've never talked to like when i visited i've never gotten the idea that people are like yeah that that hoax like they think fucking americans are stupid uh for uh, apologies to all the americans here i know i'm a half american but like yeah no they think they they think the like it's been like it's put this way um it says volumes how respectful and kind and polite uh nhk world news is and even they kind of have to start throwing shade yeah. <laughs> well, so, so my my thing though is that it's not a thing in Japan. Like, right. To my not, it's not a thing really anywhere outside the U.S. Basically. Yeah. Um. So you know, my my thing is is that because it it's in the show. Like, there yeah. are there there seem to be a few characters, or at least are politicians, who are denying that the irons are are warming up the planet. Um. So my my question is is that is that something that the American team, like Adult Swim, gave them that idea, or is that something that they came up with on their own? That'd be a really good so, question. I mean, I think yeah. I think the, I think the rest of the world is aware of client You know, it doesn't have to be something that happens locally for you to be aware of. There's places where this is a thing, um, because you can also take a look at it as like we're doing we're doing really good on like putting solar panels on train stations and so on and so forth, and you know we're even turning the nuclear power plants back on because, you know, they're, they were, they're a problem, but at least there's zero carbon uh, relative to burning coal or oil um, and conservation and so on. And it's like, why are we still in this problem? Oh, well, like this, the super rich people who all live in the West are just like, mm, we make a lot more money though right now. Like later, you're fucked. We'll be on Mars. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, like there is a, like, I mean, it's, it's put this way. It's like, it doesn't, it's it's so blatantly reflects stuff like, uh, you know, uh, the SpaceX. We're going to build a giant uh, rocket and we're going to colonize Mars. Stuff like it's just so patently in parallel with that, and that's a everybody knows that, in in the first world that this is a possibility or a thing that's going on. So, um, and it's easy to sort of see that in action. Like even the countries that are trying to do something in practice it's limited against then people want more new shit and that energy consumption. And I mean, it's something that I think, um, I, I mean, uh, prog progressive touches on it from another angle, which is when they show that whole, uh, recycling slum in the second episode that E-Day is working in. I'm like, that's not a thing in Japan, but that is a thing literally just like a flight away in, in Shenzhen and in, in China. And they've done documentaries on, on NHK about it. So there's a, there's, I mean, I think that kind of environmental consciousness of, the people trying to do good stuff and the people who are, you know, entrapped in pollution and the people who are pushing that, uh, as a lifestyle in opposition, um, to sustainability. Like, I think there's awareness of it. Like, I don't think that has to come from the U S side necessarily. It, it just seemed to me that a lot of the themes, maybe this is just me being a news, but like a lot of the themes seemed very American and, not in a 
they were dressed in a very American style way instead of what uh, typical Japanese storytelling. So I, that's why I, I thought it came from you know, the American side, the American writing side. Who uh, and I, I know that you know Jason and and everybody like they were involved, not not like super hardcore with the story. Like the the Japanese side was in charge of the story. And, and the animation and all that, and they just basically put up the money, but they did have creative input. Yeah, I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, the interesting thing is the actual depiction of the results of the disaster. Like I said, so, like, if you've watched any of that footage, and I wouldn't actually, like, seek it out necessarily unless you're emotionally prepared for it, um, but the footage of, of the Japanese natural disasters, particularly the big 311 quake, uh, the Tohoku earthquake, where you had the massive tsunami as well, um, but just other ones as well. Um, it looks, the shots they show where the town, how the town is destroyed, what's destroyed in the town, the clean path being left by the iron. Like it looks like, it looks like earthquake damage. It looks like tsunami damage. Um, so towards that end, there's certainly aspects of how they're depicting the damage being incredibly like Japanese. Very much from my perspective and from watching documentaries and stuff. Uh, on NHK yeah. for like the past year, which so it's like it's interesting to sort of see, even if the input may have been from the outside, how that was interpreted and visualized was like, this is what it's like when everything goes to shit. Um, and you see a bit of that in Progressive too, like in, Pro in Progressive, the way they show the town kind of in a shambles but put together a little at the end is like, oh well, yeah, that's exactly like some of these areas that have recovered from. From the from the tsunami damage, where it's just like you've got like a couple of little signposts up, and then like an outdoor cafe, and like that's that was very like they didn't have to write that; they just looked and said, "We're putting that in the show." Um, and I, I mean, I think that's the interesting thing is, it's like, I, I mean, another I think demarcation between the sequels and the original Fully Coolie is just sort of like those kind of callback visuals to real life stuff being. It's a very it's a very different set of stuff than the original series had in that sense. Hold on, you guys. You're gonna have to give me a second. I just lost Wi-Fi. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Okay. Press I should be switching back now. I'm I'm gonna take off my Bluetooth headphones and switch to sub headphones. I'm having trouble hearing you guys. Give me a second. Alrighty. Oh. I don't know. I'm gonna have to like. I'm kind of. I'm, I'm kind of glad I got a. Uh, I kind of got a couple. I'm kind of glad I got a couple of 13-hour flights to to play with. I guess. Are you guys? Uh, are you guys hearing me better now? Yeah, you're clean. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sorry about that. No uh, problem. Sorry. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I I I will say, um, I definitely still like Alt. I think Alt is pretty good, and I think if I rewatch it, I'll find more in it. Um. Like it, like writing that great big piece on progressive took like a lot of like I think I remember this and then watch chunk and watch chunk. So I you know if I try and do the same thing with alt, it'll probably be require the same kind of attention to detail. So wait, we're, what? Uh, I guess I wasn't clear. Which one's your favorite? Is it still classic or was it? Progressive? I don't I don't know. It's really hard for me because like I mean they, I really feel like I've got apples, oranges, and bananas because I think all of them are. All of them are dealing with the coming of age. They're dealing with very different people's coming of age. And that gets to become a very personal thing. Like what reflects your problems growing up? Were you Nauta 
and you try to be mature too soon. Were you a Hidomi and really just uh, full of loss and, and that manifesting is like a lust for death and violence? Um, or were you Kana and you're just like the busybody friend who should have shut the fuck up on occasion? <laughs> and um, But your friends are like chill and they're, 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 you know, like they're trying to be polite rather than real. Um, I mean, in practice, I'm probably more like Hana than <laughs> I'll keep it a hundred. Um, I don't know. Me too. Um, but I mean, and, and especially in terms of reflection, like I didn't come from a home, like I had mom and dad there. Um, you know, I had a younger sibling even. So like, there's like structurally the environment that resonates the most is Kana's. Um, and the and the the extent of a open arrested development of you know taking my sweet time to like change and get out of the house and shit again reflects that. So from that aspect, probably connect with that well, but I need to watch it a bit more to internalize it. I think when I first watched the original series, that hit me at like a time where I was I, like that. I have such it has such a place in my heart because like that's where I learned to sort of like sharpen my teeth and breaking down shows because it's so just so dense and rich. There's so much going on and it's so tightly put together for the most part. Um, somebody said like fully coolie often falls apart. One thing that ties the fully coolies together is that their last episodes are all kind of messy and I can they kind are, of, I can they kind all of, are, they, they all, they all are kind of messy. Um, and I'm not sure if that's like in the case of the original one, I'm not sure if that's just them Gynex being Gynex and saying like, fuck it, we're Gynex. We can get away with that. Um, and then the other two being like, well, we got to do what Gynex did. <laughs> um, I don't think alternative did that. I feel like it was a little more clear. Like it's, I mean, the fact that people seem like they are, are missing parts of it, like the, that you're getting, well, they're, they're missing like, the parts lately. of like the sci-fi bullshit. that Nobody actually is supposed to care about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I feel like for like themes of the show, it's very strong. Clear. Some, yeah, no, it's it kind of spells it out pretty blatantly. Yeah, because like Nauta never says that he's come to terms with it. It's just evident from his actions. And same, I mean, uh, I mean, you get a bit more. I get a bit more. Uh, it, it's a bit more explicit with 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 Hidomi than maybe with Nauta in terms of like textual as opposed to visual, like being said as opposed to being shown. Um, but this was just explicitly said, like, it's just her, like, just in that, and in, in that sense, one can argue, it's like, is that, is that good because it's straightforward or is it bad because it wasn't more eloquent or clever in how it presented that? I don't know. It, it ultimately depends on the execution. I think it works here because yeah. the whole well, time. Khan is not being honest. Like that is the entire show. She's right. So you honest. kind of have to flip that. So she has to she has to come out of her shell and finally, you know, say what she feels and, you know, admit that she does things because not because out of love, but because out of fear of being alone. Yeah. Like it needs to be explicit because it's been implicit this whole time. Yeah. Um, the kind of the reverse in classic where a lot of the characters say what they're feeling in the first place. And then by the end of it, it's like, well, this is how I've grown, but I'm not going to tell you this. You can just see it. Yeah, you can just see like, oh, he didn't like he acted differently in this exact same scenario that we've repeated from the start, which and is kind of. And then progressive is 
you know, I'm not even concerned. Well, no, 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 progressive. Well, like I said, in progressive, the interesting thing is, is that you see, and it's good because it does tie, it ties together both Ide and Nadomi's thing. Is so you see that last shot of them is them at that art gallery exhibit that Ide mentions in the first episode because it's the same images that's on the tickets. So it's, you know, Ide has gotten over trying to be essentially now to junior, more mature than he is, he's dating somebody his own age in his honest, awkward way. And Hidomi is comfortable enough with herself to go on a date with Ide and admitting those feelings that we play like the chemistry was there, like at the end of episode two, blatantly, but like clearly had struggles with because admitting that she has an attraction to Ide is then saying like, I guess I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't want destruction. I want something forward. And I don't, and if I don't want destruction, well, I wanted destruction because I wanted to reset and get my old life back with my dad and this is basically like her accepting that she's willing to like look towards somebody else is her saying like i i can write off my deadbeat ass dad and she that was like really core and like hidomi's struggle and i think they're pretty good about again implying rather than saying that but that can also then result in if you at some points you just need the monologue like one thing that like the original fully coolly probably should get more points for is just Nauta is an unreliable narrator, but he's a pretty regular one. So you always at least even you always have some words to play with in any given episode from him from inside his head. And we don't get a lot of that or nearly as much of that in Prague or Alt. We get like dream sequences in Prague, but those are dream sequences. They're like there's that's a whole field of interpretation. And in Alt, we just have to sort of look at, well, how's Kana acting versus what's actually useful to the situation? (laughs) Um, like it really uh, follows the rules of being in a Yashi K show. Yashi K show don't have like big internal psychological sequences, um, which is kind of like, like I said, it's to its credit that they managed to fully coolize one of like that genre because it's good to like deconstruct it or, and, and compress it. But then if what you're trying to do is tell a story into story in that, it definitely needs a rewatch. I think like the point that you made where you suddenly see um, Pat's behavior in a new light. It's a very fully cool thing, but it means that like the odds of anybody picking up that context on first run, run through pretty slim because it's not, you know, it's just being shown. Um, so I guess by the end of this, uh, I, I kind of want to know what everybody thinks about overall this experiment by Adult Swim. Like, was it worth getting new seasons of Cooley Cooley? I want, I want two more seasons already. Yeah. <laughs> really like i want and i want because i think there's other i think there's other conflicts they can play with i mean at this point i mean uh it would be actually really interesting to see them do um a character that was uh like you know like 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 i said people are kind of going back and forth on whether there's queer themes at the end of alternative it'd be cool if that was actually maybe like a core conflict for like that's another coming of age kind of struggle that could probably drive a fully coolie that would be interesting. Um, and again, a genre, that genre is so thin at points in anime that something that was really actually trying to deal with it at the fully cool level of context would be probably hmm. like that could be fresh if you have the right directors and the right writers. I mean, tell, I mean, you know, get Ikuhara to do it. Get <laughs> <laughs> six episodes and a shit ton of budget, but you can be as weird as you want. Barring these set of rules and universe. 
Um, but no, I, I think it was, I think it was a good experiment. I guess the real proof will always be in the numbers. Um, but, uh, no, I think it was, I, I think it was worth it. Um, I'll put it this way. If IG was going to do it, it was probably better to do it under the adult swim roof than any other roof. Like if that property is going to be shopped around, um, the only other, the only other company that I would trust to be able to steward it would probably be Crunchyroll, maybe Funimation in terms of a Western partner. And in a sense, that's the three big, you know, like that's, you know, you had, you had those three up and those three big partners, but I could easily, you're you're forgetting Netflix or well, Netflix wouldn't have does just would have said, go do whatever. They wouldn't have had much, they wouldn't have put anything in on it. Whereas, um, but my bigger concern would have been like, they do it specifically as like a 13 episode, like late night TV show with the branding on it. And it's just like, like that is like, this easily could have been like a disastrous wank. <laughs> and while it's polarizing, if only because like I said, different people had different struggles in, in their, in their adolescent years and the execution then that follows from those are going to be different. And if part of what you liked was aesthetics, those aesthetics have to be different. So the aesthetic that you liked in A may not be in B or C or vice versa. They're at least like, there's clearly they, they gave it their all in both progressive and alternative. And if what they can do is give the general world to play with and the general kind of characters with their drives and setting, and then find different adolescences to place into that or different genres to compress into that, that tend to be adolescent driven. I think there's still meat in it even like I don't know. That's, that's the part that surprises me is I wouldn't have thought that they could have done one more OVA series, let alone two. And I think actually they've found a formula that, that they could just keep doing these so long as they can find a character defect that can drive a show and an adolescent. Well, shit, at this point, it ain't no more about that lesson because you had a um, progression through each one. Your elementary, middle school, high school. Hell, the next stage is college. Yeah, so, fooling you know, the college years. Seriously, <laughs> like, look here, man. College Standing is at like, the edge of tomorrow. If you, really, if you want to find out a lot about stuff about yourself, college is probably one of those times that you actually do. I, I know I found out a lot of stuff about myself in college, man. It just kind of showed me how strong I was despite being in the military. But uh, it was some interesting things that went on in college. Hmm. Um, so for me personally, I'm glad that Adult Swim did it. Uh, yeah. Of course, I'm, I'm biased because I work with Turner. But I'm glad Adult Swim did it. Um, because you're right. If it was Netflix, they Netflix Netflix's approach with anime is, here's some cash. We want worldwide distribution rights, but you get to do whatever you want. Like, we don't really care. Um, and Adult Swim is, you know, even going back to IGPX, we want to be involved in the process. Oh, even going uh, back to Big O, too, because, I mean, yeah. there was definitely staffing decisions they made on that to sort of say, like, no, we want Chiaki Kanaka writing the whole thing, not just bits. It's and not So that's a big staff. And I mean, even if all you're doing is picking staff, that's a big that has a massive impact on the show or helping decide. It's not that they're like, you know telling creators what to do or anything like no. that it's it's more just they are shepherding along the process and mm-hmm. they are they are equal parts storytellers as well mm-hmm. um and and trying to get this thing made and also you know finding the balance of giving creators their freedom mm-hmm. um and that's 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 been adult swim's approach like that's the William street way they don't 
you know, at a Funimation and a Crunchyroll, I believe, like the, their their basic approach is similar to Netflix, where they're just like, here's money, let us be on the production committee. Okay, thanks, bye. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's changing a bit with Crunchyroll having their own um, production studio. Uh, but that's but, not anime. That's that's well. No, they're also Western they're also they're, they're also going to have a they're also going to they're also opening up stuff in Tokyo apparently, if I understand it correctly. Hmm. I have not heard that. I, I could be wrong. look into that. <laughs> um, but the thing is, is even then that means you know there's a huge difference between, like you know it's it's like I said it's the question of is it a blank check and no you just sort of come back to it with stuff and rights versus saying well we'll write you a blank check but we would like to see. The following, I mean, like I said, even if it's just down to saying, like, we we like these episodes from these people, we'd like those kind of people to be working on it. Like, that's those little those creative choices have massive resonance throughout the rest of the process. Um, and I think because, Adult Swim's always you know. been very good about making those kind of decisions. It's like we're going to do IGPX, but part of the reason we want Mitsuru Hongo is because we're you know he directed Outlaw Star and we like that, right? You know, you you pick these people who you like. Or you let those people have the latitude they need to do what they need to do. Um, uh, and, whereas, like, oh, go yeah, ahead. whereas, like, I just don't. You're right. Like, I don't think Netflix, especially, would make those kind of calls. Funimation has people who I think would like know. Oh, we're going to fund it, fund an original. We'll pick this guy. Um, but I'm not sure that they'd be quite as tight with it as uh, as William Street. Well, especially the the production IG William Street relationship is probably the strongest Western Eastern relationship in the entire industry. Like, yeah. Certainly those right. guys work together all the time. Even, even when they're not working on shows, they work on bumps, they work on you well, know, yeah. all types well, of stuff. Well, I mean, adults is generally being, seems like they're opening up their, um, like the bumps actually are, are kind of a great example of this because they recently got those pack alien bumps, which are from an independent Japanese animator. Um, who I'd seen her shorts on Anime Supernova on NHK World. And I was like, man, these would be great as like AS bumps. And then like a year later, they're putting her work up there in sort of bump bumpetized form. And that um, talent scout mentality that um, Adult Swim has is a very valuable thing uh, for uh, a system, for anime particularly, because anime can get very staid where it's like, this guy wrote a hit and hey, that person's the person who keeps getting hired and hired until they write their flop and they can't get hired anymore. Um, and it's very hard for new talent to break in in that scenario. And it's also hard for to get mix, mixes of new and old talent in that scenario too. People just work with who they work with forever. And having just an outside point of view that cares is, I think, like I said, I think these shows show that like that works. Um, and to the extent to which, I, I don't think, like I said, they're both really good shows. I think the extent to which anyone's like, the, I think it's been very interesting to see like the people who really hate this or hate that. It just really seems like, oh, it didn't line up with your adolescence. You're not phrasing it that way directly. But like some of the feedback online is like, you just, you didn't live that. That's fine. That's not the, pro that's not a problem with the show. It's just, it's not going to connect with everybody. Um, oh. Oh, yeah, I'll on forums than Twitter, to be fair. And that's always an interesting selection bias. <laughs> I have been trying to keep away from forums. Um, I, I just kind of scan Twitter and that's it. But ultimately, like at least from a financial sense, I, I believe both of these were pretty successful. Um, 
I think we're gonna. I think they're gonna end up. I, here's the other thing: is, is like, do these have replayability? I'm like, you can rerun these just like the original, and that's a great sign. Like, you, it's you can not... rerun these for the next like 20 years, and people will be happy to see them, and will stop. they you know, if they're flipping through channels, they'll stop. And I think that's like that's one of the strong points about Fully Coley. It's why they hang on to Cowboy Bebop forever. Is it's the kind of TV that you flip through channels and you stop on. And I think these new shows absolutely fit that bill. Like, if I had regular ass cable. I would totally, if I were flipping through channels and I saw an episode of Prog or Alt, I'd be like, well, I'm done flipping through channels. I'm going to watch this. And that's great. Well, those aren't even just the only avenues now. I mean, like, of course, you have no. to consider, of course, streaming and, um, and, be, and I, electronic sell-through. I uh, can't which... wait to own this physically, however that's going to look like. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm personally very curious as to who's going to release it here in the States. I think, don't quote me on this because I actually don't know and maybe I shouldn't speculate because I work for Turner. But, like, I think that Turner's just going to release it, like, through Warner Brothers uh, home video. But, like, I don't think Funimation's going to do it. I don't think, you know, any other company's really going to do it. I think it's going to be uh, Warner Home Video. Um, I'm going to be curious to see when those the subtitled versions go up for streaming as well. It's supposed to be November. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, the, the movies, I think, are finally out on Blu-ray in japan and i kind of want to pick them up but they don't have subtitles last i checked so i can't I, understand them well maybe i'll just have to look and see <laughs> really i thought yeah, they I even had I a probably, dub no well because they're the movie versions they're not the episodic versions that were on adult swim yeah um so they're a little different in fact i'm gonna check cd japan right now um but you know so i'm, I'm curious to see how it actually is going to end up being on home video if we're ever going to see those movie versions i'm curious as if they made people sit in Japanese theaters for three hours, because that's essentially how long it is. Yeah. Um, and, 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 to, and towards that end, like I can see where, like I could easily see where the, um, you know, so it's very interesting. Like now that it's done, we can sort of talk about like, yeah, Japanese anti Twitter fucking hated alt, or at least certain people did. It seemed like, whereas they were like progressive isn't as good as OG, but it followed, you know, it was trying to, you know, it was in that same lane. Um, just, really? That's what you heard. Like, I, I that's what I, I heard. heard the all, I heard the, the reverse. Yeah, <laughs> I heard the reverse. The alt was the one that they were about. That that alt was the one that everybody was about, and then progressive was no. the one that people didn't like. Well, the, well, I mean, it certainly seems to be the the Western reaction more. Is that, like that seems to be the Western reaction? But I, I heard that was the Japanese one as well. No, I, no, like I, I heard like there was like they like with alt there is like well the basketball episode is good, but there is a lot of like the rest of this they were not happy about. And I think part of that might have just been like, yeah, if they're sitting in a theater for three hours, that's maybe not uh, an optimal viewing experience. Um, like, because if, like, if you had to sit through the original Fully Coley in a, in, a, in a theater straight, I think that would be, like, it's meant for, like, it's a, the medium's the message, and I feel like Fully Coley's a good home viewing. It's the nice record, to be... In, no it's, it's not, damn. Because yeah. like, you like, I that would have been like the only thing I would have bought in Japan, frankly. Because well, I, <laughs> I don't know that's to avoid importation. Right? So. Yeah, same. We are we are we are the same. Uh, we are the same uh, region. The original Fully Coley has English subs, though, so I don't know why. Um, it may also just put them on. Maybe it just may not have been materials. Who's got materials to who when? Or some sort of like, I mean, it's this is very different in a sense than our Maybe regular the movie versions. Don't have subtitles. 
Well, they may they made you may have to retime them and everything. At which point you're just like, let's get these movie versions out there, BD sales. We can always come back and do special editions uh, or episodic releases. Like it's you know, Japan isn't isn't unfamiliar with the re-release kind of behavior that the states has like it's not as bad as like peak funimation where it's like there's 50 different versions of like one show (laughs) um that's not a knock i mean it it clearly works it clearly keeps titles on the shelves and makes the money uh in a way that if they just had the same Uh, release and mark it down yeah skews skews work i'm not gonna talk shit about them beyond saying it's like it's funny though when there's like four versions of a show on in like a fries electronics <laughs> that's kind of funny um but uh yeah like there's i mean i mean, wouldn't be surprised if there's like reissued skews or a box set or something down the road that maybe has more materials uh in japan specifically i'm just glad at least for now i can get it on itunes and just yeah watch that yeah no like i think like the the digital like i mean this it, talk about a show where it's incredibly valuable to have it available to as many people as you have rights to get it available to, to stem piracy, like sequels to long beloved 20 year old shows pretty deep in that category. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Personally, like, you know, I think especially now that Apple has been improving their video quality, watching it on iTunes is probably the best way to go unless you have direct TV, in which case that is higher quality. DirecTV satellite, not DirecTV now. Mm. So if you want it in best quality, go buy it on iTunes. <laughs> At least for now. Like then, then, then just wait for the Blu-ray. Uh, whenever the hell that's coming. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm very curious as to see when when they're going to announce that, if anyone announces that. Oh man, this would be like I mean, this is the one paranoia I have about like Warner making a cartoon. <laughs> It's just sometimes the home video game is like really great, and other times it's like eh, it just never happens. The skews just gonna well, pop up on on time uh, online retailers without any notice. So to I, be clear I, I don't how, I, how this I, works. By the way, the the home video division, um, each of the divisions here at Warner Media does their own home video. We just distribute through Warner Brothers. Uh, Warner Brothers is just a distributor for everybody. So uh, Turner would be authoring the discs. Uh, HBO authors their own discs. Viz uh, has a similar deal, even though they're not talk, to, uh, part of Warner Media. Um, they author their own discs and send them over to Warner Me- uh, to, to Warner Brothers, and they handle distribution. So Turner would actually be the one making the disc. So it probably would just come down to when does Adult Swim and specifically probably the Toonami Division have time to do discs? Uh, I don't know. You know, I hear there's a guy who's really good at uh, doing discs. Um... <laughs> I hear there's also a guy that's really good at making special features for discs. Uh, yeah, I'd love to do that, but nobody's asked me, and I think they might have. I mean, if they're doing their own discs, I don't want to step on their toes. Um, I did enough of that on IGPX. <laughs> I annoyed them to pieces on that show, and I felt horrible about it, but it had to get done. But they, but that has to be. I mean, it's a calling card. It would. I mean, I could pop. I could plop it on the desk and be like, "See, if you need a producer, I can do it." But uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I, I absolutely do not want to step on anybody's toes if they're already doing it. Yeah. Um, so, and you know what? I I know a couple of people at Turner Home Video. 
uh, if you've seen the stuff they've done on Rick and Morty and the Venture Brothers, yeah, like they Those, they discs. know what they're doing. They're excellent discs. So I I am not at all worried if Turner is going to handle the uh, the home video release of Fully Cooley. I'm not at all worried. It's not going to be JoJo's Bizarre Adventure again. I mean, look at that awesome <laughs> Samurai Jack set. Yeah, that was Turner. Sure. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what more I can say on like the show itself though. I feel like um, I feel like I need yeah. to marinate with it a bit more. But if anybody else's thoughts, you yeah, took it away every goddamn thing I was gonna say, Carl. <laughs> Come on, Darrell, you have to have something more. I have nothing else to say, man. <laughs> I'm dead serious. You you covered everything because I was like, damn, I can't even get a word in edgewise right now. Carl said. <laughs> Sorry, but it's all right. on it. <laughs> It's okay, man. You know, look here. I get to read your lovely, lovely articles, man, which was pretty much a nice little breakdown. I just didn't want to do those breakdowns like you did. I was like, I could have did it, but I would have been cussing more than you probably did. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't. I mean, it was really, uh, it was weird. Like, I mean, that's, and again, it's, you know, do the sequel succeed. Um, I haven't really wanted to write and talk about anime. Uh, the way I used to, and certainly as fully Cooley got me into doing, uh, until this for a long time. Like I hadn't done reviews for like four years or something. Um, and this really just got me thinking and going and being energetic on it. And uh, that means it probably worked. Like well, regardless of whether anything else, it's like if you, if it's creating that kind of like drive to sort of try and understand it and break it down and share that um that must be a good fully coolie it must have worked at that level because that's how the original worked yeah because honestly there's so many shows coming out of japan that you like you watch it you're good you don't really have to think about it you don't have anything to say about it it's just it was entertainment yeah like i really like there's a lot of stuff i've watched recently and i enjoyed it like i watched dragon pilot on uh, oh, Netflix. Dragon it's good. so good. It's good. It's fun. It's like kind of like a nice blend of like kind of a military girls military anime with a bit of a monster anime with a bit of like almost like a, a Ghibli-esque vibe. It all it's all kind of nice and soft and comes together. But it's just like it says what it says. It's a beautiful love letter to the city it's set in uh, Gifu. Um, and in fact, it's a clever city to set it in. But like that's given the subject matter. But that's it. That's 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 you know, done. Rinse my hands. I don't think I need to rewatch it. I've kind of flipped back and forth between the dub and sub. I don't feel like I need to rewatch it in one or the other to like get what it was saying. It says what it says and it's nice. And it's fine to have anime that does that, but like all of the fully coolly series, including the sequels, say more than they imply more than they just say. Whether they uh, are great about that, I don't know. Uh, that's that's your mileage may vary, but they at least are all functioning on that level. For myself personally, on when it comes to anime in general right now, like I'm not watching shit. That show you guys just talked about, I have no idea what it is. Um, I don't <laughs> even have Netflix anymore, so I can't even watch it even if I wanted to. Um, I'm sure it'll get I, a physical I, release and never. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll never watch it then. Um, I, uh, I, I just don't watch anime anymore. Like Even on Toonami, I haven't been able to watch simply because I've been so busy. Yeah. But Fully Cooley was like one of those shows where I'm like, I'm making a point to watch this. Like I, I made a point to watch Progressive. I even got to see a, a few episodes early. Um, nice. Like I'm because I made a point to watch it. Mm -hmm. And Alternative was pretty much the same way. I made a point to watch. I couldn't watch it live. 
but I did make a point. I bought the season pass and I watched, mm-hmm. you know, made a point to watch it because I, I fell in love with the characters on both these shows. Mm-hmm. I think Alternative ultimately landed, stuck the landing better than, than Progressive, but again, two thirds of series, two thirds of a great series with a bad ending does not a bad series make mm-hmm. uh, for me personally. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I, I just don't feel that way with a lot of anime anymore. I mean, I, I kind of still have that with Lupin, but I haven't watched the new Lupin simply because I know that I'm going to be watching that dub 20 bajillion times when I'm working on it. So oh, I'm kind of waiting. <laughs> uh, well, I shouldn't, I, if I'm working on it, I shouldn't say that I am working on it. I'm not, I have no, I don't know what's going on with it, but I have an inkling that it's going to be like part four where I'm going to watch that dub 20 bajillion times. So I don't want to wear <laughs> myself out with the sub. <laughs> I mean, Darrell, do you feel like it? Like the new Felicolis are, the, were, were the sequels worth it? I really do believe the sequels was actually worth it for me because, like, when I saw the first one, I was like, I want to see more, and you know, I thought that maybe in the beginning, I thought I wanted to see Malta, you know, progress, you know, with the next couple of episodes when they mentioned it, but the way they did it this time, they had different characters who actually had their own different issues, and it was just literally a progression, like, you know, through a lifespan, you know, being a young, you know, being a young adult, might as well say. I mean, not knowing, you know, you're trying to be mature when you're early, early on, you know, then, you know, when you get to a certain point, I don't want an adult anymore, you know, I hate to say it, but kind of got it right, man, shit, I'm 36 now, man, I don't want to be an adult no more, I want to turn this shit back and go back to being a kid again. Dude, seriously, being an adult is an issue. Man, I got to pay taxes. I got to deal with people that I don't like. Man, I got to get up in the morning. Let's just go. But getting back on track, no more tangent. It's just (laughs) the point that looking at this, I saw so much of like things that I looked at as a kid. And I'm like, man, yeah, I did want to grow up kind of early. Being middle school, yeah, you know. You know, at some points I did have some of those little issues like he didn't have, you know, just didn't want to be around. But, you know, eventually you open up because you find your niche in life. And then as far as Kana, I wouldn't say that I was that friend that like, you know, did stuff with people, you know, being selfish, you know, because it was to benefit me. It was more so, you know, you don't want to let go of these friends that you have for so long, you know, growing mm-hmm. up with in high school. Because, you know, you kind of want to remain together because these are your people. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you actually have to look at it at this point. You know, I'm about to venture out in the adulthood now. And, you know, what's for me is for me and what's for them is for them. And you can't necessarily grow. You know, you're going to either grow closer or you're going to grow apart. And that's what high school made me realize once I left. I grew apart from a lot of people that I was cool with back then or some people that I didn't associate with then. I actually associate with now. Mm. So that's what I'm, I'm seeing in pets. <laughs> she was pretty much like she just told the truth about what who, who she she actually saw Connor for what she was, just self-serving and selfish, and didn't even understand that she was. She's basically imposing her will on everybody else because she wanted this to last forever, and it's not always that point. And that's pretty much all I gotta say. Um. So I guess I I guess I have two questions for the whole group. Um, cause I've seen, I've seen the, sh- I've seen a couple of these threads go on Twitter back and forth. Uh, and I'll start with the first one. Just do you think these sequels would have been better received had they continued now to story? I don't I think the problem is, is like 
ostensibly Nauta is a like he's had his moment of clarity, right? That's ostensibly the idea of like I think you'd rob that finale of its value if you're trying to say like now he's got this problem and it's like kid you've already realized like like you've had your you've had your grand revelation that's kind of, you know, like that's the point is you've understood that like oh i just have to like hit these points so you shouldn't be it would be really hard for him it would feel unexpected for him to then fall into the traps that hidomi and kana each represent i don't think he'd have like a nihilist phase uh, the way that uh, Hidomi has, where she's like, I just lust for death because shit's wrong. Like, he's over that. He doesn't care about those people in his life that are, like, immature fuck-offs. He's just done with that. He's he's on his... He's he's being him now. And not being him as an imitation of trying to avoid somebody else's impact. And I don't think he, that would then result in some sort of atta- over-attachment to childhood. That was never his problem in the first place. So you can't really do Kana's story through that lens. Um, so I don't think it would necessarily, you know, I don't think if you had the same events, but then it's now to his middle school years. And I, I don't know. I feel like those would be nostalgia ploys. Like that's the problem with like trying to do like prequels and sequels to characters that you're already familiar with through other films, like 30 years later is it's like, it's really hard to like tease out additional meat uh, before or after really good arcs. Whereas if you simply say it's like the same universe, different people. So you can sort of accept like, oh, they may have an entirely different problem because they're entirely different people or they haven't had that chance to have a moment of clarity yet in their life. It's a lot easier to play. Like, I think it, I think it would have they would have boxed themselves in so much more trying to do just straight sequels that followed Nauta through his middle school years and, and, and high school years. Uh, I couldn't fathom it. Um, especially from like people who weren't Suramaki. Yeah. As much as I would like to see what became of Naota's life, you can't tell these stories with Naota and what story you would tell with Naota. One, Suramaki should say it. And two, I don't, I don't think it would have been any more well-received at all. I think it will probably be less well-received because that is more clearly trying to continue the original. It would feel like a real cash-in. Yeah, as opposed to being its own thing. Now, I do feel like Progressive is kind of heavy on the callbacks to the original in unnecessary ways. But even then, it's still its own thing. It's its own story. The characters are not all that related to things that came before. So, I mean, to the extent to which they are, it does feel like there's there's specific inversions, there's specific flips or sub like subversions of the original, um, <laughs> which which you can say is like a, a weakness or strength depending on how much you feel they made that work. But um, yeah, like I, I'll say that, like yeah, that's definitely in play. A total reboot or continuation with Nauta would probably get a lot more pushback because that's messing well, with the character people love. Yeah, well, especially because it's like, let's be real. Like either Nauta, things work out, and he has kind of like a regular thing, and you know maybe things work out with Nina Mori, maybe they date, and it's like no big deal, and he just ends up with somebody else. But he leads like you know like he avoids becoming his dad, 
and becoming a weirdo like fuck up otaku who can't keep a fucking house together um or he becomes his dad and that's a really fucking depressing story yeah <laughs> like i want i want you to just take a moment with me and envision the fully coolly sequel where we see we open on 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 nauta and he's become his father so he's uh in a fucking uh melon bookstore in akia habra flipping through ludosian because he's his dad he's like i can't believe they didn't get my book in. i put so much work into it and you're just like jesus christ <laughs> and then haruko work. shows up and is like boy you've you not fell, taken care of yourself i can't believe you fell off the rails so badly <laughs> <laughs> nah, i think with, your father uh, talking <laughs> yeah i think yeah, with like, him trying to be it's bringing now to back it, it wouldn't be a good thing it, it, it would have actually been a flop i probably would have been pissed at that point you know I mean, I don't doubt that you could direct it strongly and make it still work somehow. Like there is, there is totally, and like I said, I think if Suramaki figures out how, like how to do midlife crisis Nauta, that could be really good. But it's got to probably be him. Like that's his thing to like sort out. Or, or conversely, like you know, like I said, they didn't. They left Haruko very open for future actions, and however they want to play with that or take that. Um, and whatever stays in continuity and, and, and it falls out from that and trying to do that. If some, Sermak has something to say with that, I think there's something there because she's a really interesting example of like toxic drive and obsession. Like such a, you know, like it's a really, you know, especially in, I think after Progressive refines that, such a great, you know, it's a, she, she's a great character for, to, to play with that and discuss that, which I think, all too often in anime, it's like, it's okay to be obsessed about stuff. You're obsessed about the thing that you're actually watching. It'd be meta for us to like complain about how fucking weird and bad it is to like want something so badly. You're willing to like screw up everybody else's life for it. Like that's such a, that's, it's very much in its own lane. Um, or put it this way, the extent it's, it's talked about, it's not usually in shows that are as manic as fully Cully. It's in their big dramas and fully Cully does this amazing job of like putting the big drama meaning in a much more energetic package. And again, like I, again, how do you do that again for Nauta for 12 more episodes? Uh, not saying that it's not, it was impossible, but it's such a tall order. It's such a tall order. For me personally, I look, ultimately I'm not really interested in seeing Nauta, but, uh, I also said I was not interested in seeing a sequel to Blade Runner. Uh, and then they made one, and it's excellent. So yeah. I'm not entirely opposed to the idea. Oh, for sure. Um, you know, uh, especially especially now that kind of... Well, the question I asked was was if these series were about Nauta instead. Um, but, like, if we were going off the jumping point of Progressive where he's in space with a guitar um, and the credits of Progressive, like... You know, I think that's kind of enough for me. I'm like, oh, that's what he's doing. Okay, I don't really care beyond that. Yeah, it's a nice little image of well, him I mean, in space. Yeah, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's all like he. I mean, it's never really sealed off at the end of Fully Coley as to like, does he still have powers? You know, etc. But he is left with literally Haruko's base. Let she, you know, the 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 Rickenbacker, Blue Rickenbacker, is left with him, and so there is that whole thing of like this way if you're going to do something it's probably just going to be kind of a fun romp it's going to be more 
it's just, just going to be the manic bits, like the super goofy fun bits of the original series, where it's like him messing around through space for some reason. Here, I tell um, you, this, this is... I can get behind it. Now it's a grows up to be space dandy. That... <laughs> <laughs> I that that uh, that splice that people made with uh, Haruko in the in the wormhole, then splicing into Space Dandy on Twitter is gold. Yeah, I love it's that. Just, it's just all multiverses. That should be retweeted on the Space Dandy season three title account. By the way, <laughs> um, I can't pronounce his Twitter name. I know who did it too, um, yeah. and I follow him. What no, it's clever as sin, and. Uh... And it does technically fit. Like, if, if if alternative is an alternative universe, yeah, sure. We this is the timeline with the good Haruko, and then you can get into like Lynchian Twin Peaksy doppelganger nonsense, and that could be probably a whole nother. You know, actually, that also fits with progressive technically. <laughs> I um, I'm not going to pronounce this Twitter handle correctly. It's Logan who did it, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. it's at Shmolus one. S U S H excuse me S C H M U L L U S one. So follow that person, follow Logan on Twitter because yep. he did that splice and it's awesome. Um <laughs> I mean would you would you would you feel like you would have liked these more if they were an out of based Jose? No, I don't think I would have liked them more. But I I'm not opposed to more Nauta if if there's more to his story to tell, because like, you know what, he's, he's an elementary when we leave him, like, why can't we see him, you know, later on in life? It's not like your problems stop just because you think you figure it out what growing up is, you know, I think there's plenty more to explore with that character. Um, Whether or not I think it would have been as well received, maybe I think um, nostalgia is kind of a powerful tool and, you know, only having Haruko there for some people, I think, might have felt incomplete. Um, but having we'll Nauta there as well, and maybe Mamimi, and then having these characters actually come back and you see where they are and see them deal with new problems, uh, I think that would have won over a lot of people had it, even if it wasn't the greatest thing in the world, I th- like if it was a B plus effort, like, say, Tron Legacy, I, I think it would have, like, still want a lot of people over just through nostalgia's sake nah, um, but if we got something like a plus like blade runner 2049 you know that would be amazing but i think part of the reason why blade runner 2049 works is because it does lean a lot on a new character like, it leans it, a lot on a new character but it's not like you know oh it's not disconnected uh, deckard yeah <laughs> it's not like deckard isn't a huge main driving force of the story he is it's true he's a literal plot device yeah, I do. I, do. I always. But I mean, that. But I mean, like towards that end, was... then that would be like how you'd have to handle him probably now. To I think to really get an A plus is he can't. You end up still with like a secondary and a new focal point with him now. I mean, if not directly in a Haruko like role as being like the accelerant, being certainly more into the service of somebody else's Bill Douglas Robin than continuing his own. Like he's, you know, I think it's like, I think you could see, I think, I mean, and I think it's maybe what people thought is like, we'll see a glimpse of where he ended up, but it's still going to be about somebody else. And I think it was it's just such a, I mean, I guess in the sense of like in an era where people will gladly do the nostalgia cash-ins to completely just say like, we're going to give you the one character and it's the most, you know, 
it's in a very iconic character, but also a very polarizing and very like <laughs> complex in terms of drive and motive character. The, the thing um, that always kind of bothered me is the fact that Stephanie Shea is producing on this show, she's ADR directing, scripting, and all that, and Mamimi <laughs> is nowhere in it in either of them. And I think well, she's in the credits. Well, uh, progressive. Yeah. I Along think without the both grown up versions of them. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I think Mamimi probably would have been Mamimi or Nina Mori might have been interesting start starting points for sequels. Like if you wanted to do the callbacks tighter in, maybe still avoid Nauta, but it's like, could you have done Hidomi's problems through Nina Mori? Maybe. Maybe that's a possibility. Like, I but think I... Mamimi just being an adult photographer. Like that just kind of sounds interesting to me on paper and where we could explore that. I don't even necessarily know she have to be get her all the way to like full adult adulthood professional photographer life. You could literally what are her what does her early twenties look like? Probably pretty nuts. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So uh, a little bit more background on um Nauta's brother too, man. I just want to see Nauta just like come just go up to him and like, hey, you left me back in Japan and your ex-girlfriend prayed on me fist then, to the face. Yeah, no, I mean they're like it would be great to have like the the like it would have been amazing if the last shot of uh <laughs> of the original series is now just brothers coming back because it's like MLB break and how it just fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would have loved to see that. Um, oh, hey, bro, how's it going? What's been boom. opening? Just hits Swat. him in the head with the bass. Ah. <laughs> oh, El Cabong all day long. Come on. Um, uh, and then the other, I guess the other question that I saw a lot on Twitter, or or the thread, or the, you know, were these cash grabs for Adult Swim? No. No. Yeah. Like, they, they went way out of their way to, like, I mean, like I said, regardless of the how well they stuck the landing, just what they were trying with Progressive was just so, like very like just what they wanted to talk about like if if jason's right about me being right like that's an uncomfortable like lane to like play around in where you're just like i have a character that's like like hidomi is super fucked up she's a super fucked up person you don't make that person like the star of a cash grab <laughs> maybe and you and, could and, argue and, that it's exploiting the brand to to use it to tell these stories that they wanted to tell but at the same time not really i mean these are stories that work well inside this brand though they work like these are these are, like these are two good coming of age stories that work inside the coming of age uh, uh inside of fully coolie which is about the conflict of coming of age resulting in world no world way they did this to make money <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i mean if you're going to do it you're going to do it because you you do hope that you can uh like the original series run it for the next 10 20 years uh every couple of months and people are happy to stop for it and then in this specific case you're right jose all the back-end monetization of selling you know uh downloads and discs and so on like there's clearly money to be made here but they did not like this isn't the Star Wars sequels where it's like, we need to make sure that these characters from the original show are here, all of them, uh, like, to really hand this off. Like, there's not that, like, we're going to have every last person back and then these new people because we're going to try and hand things off and start a new thing. Like, there's the very explicit, like, soft reboot kind of thing. And I think they actually really went out of their way to, like, not 
do the soft reboot game of like basically telling the exact same story. Like they could have easily been like, here's Jouta and his dad is also a nerd. <laughs> like they could have done like the really blatant soft reboot thing. And people probably would have been happy if that was just like a Gynaxy referential, like, you know, because I mean, if you think about it, like Gynax does that themselves, like, Fully Kali's main arc is not that dissimilar to Ava in some ways. Like, you know, like Nauta and uh, Shinji are cousins, but they're also cousins with Sashi from Abenobashi uh, Magical Shopping District. They're all just like boys trying to find their way in the world. And we could have gotten two more series about boys find, trying to find their way in the world. They could have just completely recycled that Gynaxian late uh, late 90s to early O's Bildungsroman. And we would have been like, all right, cool. And it probably it might have worked, but they did not do that. They did things like, you know, they didn't just sort of say, we're going to compress, you know, we're going to we're going to redo it. Like they tried to compress different things and different messages about different kinds of problems you can have in adolescence. You would like, they wouldn't have gone out of their way to make these things so distinct if it was just money. Um. So I'm obviously of the opinion that these are not cash grabs. Uh, yeah. Because I, I know all the people who are on the adult. Well, side yeah, it's a cheat. <laughs> who, who, so it's a cheat. I know who worked on this, and I know how much they actually care. Like they really do care about the stuff. They, they really so love this show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is a total cheat. But that being said, like, of of course you want to make. Uh, of course we're we're doing this stuff to make money because you know we should be paid for our work, um, and and why not? But uh, you know, like just i have a feeling like just because you get paid or because you are looking to make money off something is not an invalid reason to make art um no so you know i I, a lot of people gravitate towards that argument like of course we're trying to make money this is how we make a living but uh you know obviously the people who were involved in the show really really cared Mm -hmm. um you know you don't you don't do a cash grab of a show and then promote it like it's your regular Adult Swim show. Like even even some of the biggest animes didn't get the marketing push that Progressive got. Yeah, and like billboards and shit. Like, yeah, that's like, so unusual. That's incredibly unusual. So you know, I kind of wish Alternative got that push, but it was way too close to the Adult Swim concert. So I think that didn't happen. Um, they clearly should have pushed it at the Adult Swim concert. They should have just been running an episode of Alternative while Run the Jewels played. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think that would have worked. You know what? I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't have the pillows come back out for that music festival. That is a bit. That surprising. that is a bit of a. I mean, that is a bit of a surprise. But I mean, when you're doing, I mean, the flip side is, is like work. Be, like when you're doing official type shit, then there's work pieces and all that, and that's a, that's a to do that maybe just couldn't get to done in time. Also, who knows what, I don't know what their current tour schedule looks like. I know. I'm sure, I, just, I'm sure, I'm sure thought this it was is gonna... very surprising that Alternative was on and they did not just do every, I, I'm, maybe they did do everything in the power, but I'm just surprised that I'll, that they did not bring the pillows over for that to promote Alternative. Excuse me. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah, anyways, to answer the question, no, of course I don't think these were a cash grab, but, you yeah. know. Um, I mean, I know, even, I know everybody I mean, who worked on it. I mean, even like in terms of music choices, it's like they could have just literally said, like, we're going to use the exact same soundtrack as the original, nothing different. Uh, we're going to use these cues in the exact same way. And like, no, they they use new stuff. They use new stuff in really clever ways um, and in ways that like I honestly didn't expect to hear pieces that were used in Prague also in alt. 
but in where they've used them, I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. That's kind of clever. That that means these echo in a different way. And that's uh, again, you just like there's there's too much craftsmanship in it for a cash grab. There's too much craftsmanship. Even the stuff that's like messy in um, Prague, like there's too much care. <laughs> there's too much care for it to be a cash grab. The other thing I would also add to the the music note is that like the Pillows re-recorded all their music. It's not the stuff from the original albums, like um, "Thank You, My Twilight," which came out like back in 2002. That's not the same one that you hear in the show. It's a brand new re-recorded version. Um, and of course, they they composed two new songs: "Star mm-hmm. Overhead" and "Spiky Seeds." Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, the pillows obviously cared. <laughs> well, I mean, it like that. I mean, they're they're humble. They understand that this like literally changed their whole trajectory yeah, because, um, because like they, i mean like i got to hear them man well i mean like i've seen them twice live like back when they were, were touring because fully coolie had had hit so well in the u.s um and i mean there's no way that people were going to turn up for them on a wednesday night in seattle raining without fully coolie they would not have been they would not have booked the u.s tour and been playing a venue like the crocodile without having that basis and 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 shining and really adding dramatically to the the show um and i think they were very well used in the in in, in the two new series as well and I, I mean again a cash grab they would have been like yes they use some needle drop stuff or you know a light library type stuff or stuff that not from the pillows whatever you want to call it in both both of the new shows if it were cash grab they'd be like we're getting sound likes um or conversely they'd be uh... like we're they or, didn't use any needle drops, actually. I thought uh, they had there, there's there's pieces that aren't them though. There's pieces that aren't them, but that's that's brand new music. That's not uh, that's you okay. know same thing as the original Fully Cooly, where everybody thinks that the Pillows did all the music in Fully Cooly. That's not true either. They had another composer for the show, um, who did his own music, and ditto on both series. Uh, the Pillows obviously are a big part, but they had another composer mm-hmm. for uh, for the shows. Yeah, who did incidental stuff? So no yeah. needle drops. Okay. Well, the thing is, is still they wouldn't, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have bought. Like it would have been all just like canned stuff, or or or, you know, they would have, they wouldn't have had the pillows heavily involved in the new shows without if it were a cash grab. Uh, yeah. I think they they very much would have had the pillows still involved if it was a cash grab, because they would feel like that is. Part of the part part of of grabbing the cash. (laughs) They they wouldn't have had them re-record their music. There you go. That's probably it's probably true. Like be like maybe like we've got these we've got the Pioneer CDs we're good. (laughs) We've we've got we've got you know the three previous soundtracks we've got like your entire catalog to go through. We don't need you to re-record your songs. We'll just license them. Yeah, we don't need any new music. And we don't even need new new music. We'll just use Ride on Shooting Star twice. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, thing is, and the thing is, like that probably there's probably people who would have been like, oh yay, familiarity. Um, like they probably they could have played right on Shooting Star once. That's such either a, show. Yeah. That's such a ballsy move. Like again, that's like that that's the opposite of a cash grab. Saying like, hey, you know the most iconic one of the most iconic songs from the show, never going to play it. <laughs> that's I'm for that. Yeah, yeah. Like how dinosaur using all of them was happy for me. I, I definitely have seen at least a handful of people being like, yeah, these are worse versions of the same songs. 
Really? <laughs> no, but I, I, uh, I love the album version of Thank You, My Twilight, but like yeah. the one on the full on cool, uh, yeah. the full on cool version is way better. You can tell that after well, that playing was... that song for like 20 odd years, you know, they, well, they I, know I, how to get it tight and they just, they hit I, that instrumental incredibly well. I also want to say they cleaned up the production on it. Like that was like, like there, that album, I think particularly if I recall correctly, wasn't like it played great live, but it doesn't sound like that whole CD is a little weak production wise versus uh, some of the other earlier pillow stuff. So like them going back and redoing it is probably them. It's not just that they played it live better. It's that like, that's always been just, just from a production mix standpoint, not as strong as it should be. Well, even Third Eye, which isn't even on that album, like right. the, I, 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 I personally think that every single one of their re-recorded songs is way better than their original album outputs. Like Third Eye sounds totally different from its original uh, album yeah. and music video. Like it sounds totally different. Yeah. No, they're um, an, they're an incredibly strong live act, like incredibly yeah. strong. So it's like when you get them back into a studio with a rehearsed piece, like they can finally take all that live energy and put it in, you know, so long as you've got the right people on the boards to capture it, um, the performance will be there. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, we're, I, I, I knew, I knew we were all going to answer the same way on this one, but yeah, yeah not no, a cash grab, no, not a, not a cash grab. It's I just mean, a really I, cynical way of looking at it. It's just also, it's just like you, it doesn't, it bears no evidence in what they produced. Like it's it is it, it just does not like cash grab. You would have done, you would have made other decisions that would have made it so much easier for like. Because I mean, it's interesting how many people are like, and little random Gynax ending. I'm like, Gynax didn't even fucking work on this one, <laughs> or the other one. Gynax just, doesn't uh, exist right now. Yeah, yeah Gynax is basically mm-hmm. <laughs> Gynax is dead, kids. <laughs> so the one uh, question I have is, do you feel like six episodes was enough for each of them? I feel like not for progressive. I feel like I feel like progressive's biggest problem is is that needed like OVA episodes. It needed like 25, 30 minute episodes at points, just like the original show did. Like if you tried to cram the original finale of Fully Cooly into twenty two, ouch. Well, I mean, they're twenty four minute long episodes. Still, each one. Still, Uh, it's the exception of episode six. But how much of that is twenty six? Still should have been like, and yeah, but I mean, six in the original series was like 32 or 30. No, the original series is, is 20, 24 minutes each because yeah. they, they run uncut on Adult Swim. Oh, 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 I, th- oh, I thought you were talking about progressive. Yeah, no, but that's the thing is that 26 minutes, that extra four minutes, probably there's a lot of scenes that would have connected together better in the finale with just time to show things. I honestly think they, they progressive needed an extra episode because there was so much going on at the end that I was like, you're kind of losing me. I and like I, I don't think, I don't think the, the uh, no, I think alternative fit perfectly in its six episode structure. Um, it got, yeah. it said everything it needed to say in each episode, in each episode it needed to say it in. Yeah. And it, it had, it was just very tightly focused progressive. Yeah had a lot going on and again I, I i know i'm shitting on progressive a lot i really like progressive i promise um i i i just think that one more episode or a much longer last episode yeah would have helped a lot yeah no i think if you i think if you give progressive just time to like sew some of those scenes 
together. Just tr- said, like, I don't think you could have boarded it. I don't think you could have gotten around it with storyboarding. I think you just needed like, oh, you need a connecting shot here. You need a connecting shot here. You need a connecting shot here. You need to like sew these things together. Like, like it feels kind of like an edited highlight reel at points. And I will agree with that. I don't mind it because it's like, oh, I already know what you're trying to get at with these different people personally. But like, I can see where it's like, unless you're laser focused on it, it will lose anybody who's just like, not just like, who isn't invested, I guess would be the thing. Like I was invested, but if you didn't manage to cultivate that investment beforehand, forget it. <laughs> like I'm going to pick on Ico again. Like Ico's mm-hmm. entire backstory is developed in five minutes. Yeah. Uh, like by, by, I forgot the red haired dude's name, telling her exactly her, telling the audience basically like, I know you're saving up money and your tragic backstory, blah, 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 blah. Here's your money. Go. And like, (laughs) that is her old, and like only for her to end up becoming a trophy. And you're just like, wow, this character does not work. (laughs) (laughs) This character does not work, but she is a literal conduit and plot device for that episode. And we're supposed to like feel happy or emote. I I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about that character, but it's an important character. It's not when you just, you know, well, I mean, I I don't know if she like, I don't feel like she's a straight trophy in as much as like, at least, um, what's his face? I'm drawing a blank on his name. Maury. Me too. Uh, the guy with the shirt. Maury. Um, Maury, at least, you know, he has attempted to do actually do something rather than just like be something for once. Cause he, he pays money to try and pretend like he's a thing, whether that's fashionable or uh, a ladies man um and man like i will say like the utility in um what's her the character we were just talking about Ico. Ico. Ico as a just satire slash fuck you to moe blobs for the most part <laughs> that's that <laughs> is that's that's that i mean no just in the in the context of episode three alone has like i do i do enjoy that and just in in a vacuum Um, i love that but that gets totally undercut by episode six because she pops out of a giant pumpkin naked and lands on him yeah and it it comes off as like she's the trophy that he won for being a good boy and you're like no yeah it's a little (laughs) it's a little much I think I to me I think the interesting thing is they're sharing a a a coffee or something at the in the in the uh temporary cafe and I think it's just like oh she has a chance to like just actually try and like both of them now have a chance to like just be authentic for once. I don't think it will necessarily work out like actually, but it seems like both of them had to like from different angles were putting on airs uh and for I think- different reasons I, that but again is nowhere that, but, near as strong as him catching her yeah and it's treating true. her like a trophy like it's hard well, to and get her laughing that. her laughing about the whole thing with her her pumpkin of money yeah so there's uh, something there's something surreal about that you're right uh-huh. <laughs> this is a so this i i yeah it kind of it, like it, it kind of does feel like a little bit like pixels which have you seen that movie? The a... literal character that is a trophy for Josh Gad or whatever. Oh yeah. man! <laughs> <laughs> it comes off like that, and I know I don't think that was the intent, but that's what it looks that's, like. That's what well, it no, like. And, and, and that's the kind of thing that probably could have been solved with like a cleverer uh, approach or boarding, um, but or just and again another four or minutes. just more time with yeah. like this character instead of shoving her backstory and being like she's important and she's not really. But, well, I mean, she is the Deus Ex Machina that, you know, locks she, the, the actually does the, she, she's the one who actually defeats Medical Mechanica this time because the other guys' goofy 
uh, town revitalization plan, I mean uh, giant robot. It's totally not. It's totally not a metaphor for the first thing I said. Um, didn't work. <laughs> it was completely yeah, it's, useless. Ah, uh, God. I mean, I mean, that's part of the thing is, is it, it does it it does try and have it has it has all the characters doing something, whereas in fully fully original, they just kind of fall off to the side, and it's Nauta's thing. They really are just in like they're very shallow in the service of Nauta's journey. Besides yeah. Haruko, really. Um, which is, and by, which but, is and, fine and, because well, that's, well, that's, that's the thing. That's is the maybe better to have no depth than half than half depth because half depth can then be like kind of shitty and vague. Like it opens itself up to like, oh, that person looks like a trophy now because you didn't take the rest of the time to make the, to finish out the depth. Whereas you can basically say, yeah, we only know like Nina Morley gets focused in episode three and is otherwise just an accessory to what's going on and and out his life, and we don't, you know, if we tried to then interject Nina Morley into the original finale, that wouldn't work. Because it's now to story. Here they interject a lot of other people trying to give them value, so they're not just accessories to Hidomi's arc. But maybe that was a maybe that was a poor choice. I I think ultimately it was because it just comes off as unfocused and just like there's there's too many plot threads, there's too much going on in the lore that is not the important part about Pooley Cooley at all. And it just gets it just gets muddled and lost, and you're just yeah. like, what is going on? Whereas they had like two solid arcs already to play with, which is like the, the these explicit contrast of Hidomi and how she's dealing with her self-destructive drive versus Haruko and how she's dealing with her self-destructive drive. And l- using them literally as a compare and contrast is like, Hidomi gets it right. Haruko's fucked up. <laughs> I think the, the biggest bummer, too, is like it, episode six happens off right after four and five and you're just like, Four and five were so focused. Yeah. Like they are laser focused on Ide, Haruko Jinyu, and and Hidomi. Like it's that's what these really, that's yeah. what these episodes are all about. In episode six, like, hey, remember all these other characters? And you're like, what? Yeah, no, and the thing is if you're gonna do that, yeah, like you said, or you just more time. Give me four more minutes yeah. to like fill in the gaps, breathe breathe some more energy into it. Yeah. And then maybe tighten up mm-hmm. some of the boards. And yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta clean that animation up. I, which is why I want to see the movie version because like, there's no be... way they put that in theaters. Oh, just straight? Yeah, I'd be very curious. Yeah, there's no way they put episode six in theaters because I'm like that doesn't hold up. Well, even even five has some weird like I mean I think it's an intentional stylistic thing, but five does not look like the other episodes of the show. It works for five. Yeah, um, for, no, for, five for is clearly intentional. Like yeah. it starts with the chalk drawing and then the the very thick outline like. It's very clearly intentional. Yeah, and that's something, um, that's something the original series does that I think people sometimes forget is like how much the original show explicitly used like weird, sometimes specifically off-putting animation styles for just a, a scene. And, you know, no one said like that, like people got it then. And it's weird that people didn't, I saw people being like, five looks bad online. I'm like, that's how it's supposed to look. <laughs> I, I, and also, I didn't understand when people said it looked bad online. I was like, "What? This is one of the better looking episodes." You're all you crazy. A lot of people don't know shit about animation. I know. <laughs> um, like, I mean, that's I mean, that's the flip side of this. Is like, I mean, and it's part of. I mean, it's good because it got that was another motivator in like breaking stuff down and for, for progressive for me was to seeing people being like, I didn't even connect back. I'm like, fuck! Did you not watch the show? Yeah, um, <laughs> Like it was, it was killing me. So I like had to just sort of like say my piece. And I, I feel like with alt, 
I may have to do the same thing if people thought like Haruka went back in time. I'm like, no. No, she did not go back in time. <laughs> well, if she did, who cares? Nobody cares. It's not yeah. the important part of that show. Well, no, I mean, I mean, like, I mean, literally, the only thing is, it's like you're they're showing Haruko on Mars because then they can show Haruko on Mars, and yeah. then like that, yeah, and then and the, like they're using her to show the consequence of uh, the NO reaction. That's it. What yeah. she does there, why she's there, and it's also interesting because it's the one time, you know, in the previous two series, we see Haruko be like, "I have uh, failed to get my conquest. I am leaving." Uh, here, Haruko doesn't seem to even have that drive. Um, and two, she is she is she is exiled, <laughs> whether she wants it or not. She goes she gets sent through that, yeah. um, which is a very big. You know, I think there might I have to think about it, but there's probably meat on that too. It's an interesting choice to make uh, to say to have the main character essentially expel Haruko um, from her life. Haruko, the eternal nineteen year old who doesn't grow up from her life, the, her expelling it in that context of her finally coming to terms with not cling to youth like it's kind of it's funny it kind of maybe thematically works but again they don't say it it's just shown and you have to kind of sit there and think about it and tease it out which is a very fully coolly thing but i really get the impression that that's not what a lot of people want to do with these shows yeah i my favorite line from the last episode by the way is um is haruku going I'll explain everything later. And I'm like, that's not this show. That's not this show at all. Well, also, it's like, I knew you won't. <laughs> I thought your like, favorite line was, when did you start smoking? <laughs> when I failed to give up. <laughs> I failed to quit. That's pretty good. When I failed to quit. I like that line too, but uh, that, that one came before. I'll explain everything later. And I just only could think to myself, I'm like, doubt it. Uh, you're not nope, going to. Nope, not nope. going to happen. Not gonna happen. That's not that is not well, the show I signed no, up for. No, no, clearly this means that it's a prequel, and you see, we get more explanation in the later series sequentially in yeah, Magic Xylophone. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess uh, before we get to final thoughts, I kind of I kind of wonder what sequel names would be because clearly, I have personally adopted the name Fully Cooly Classic because I think it works with the prog and, and alt uh, titles. Um, I'm it's like classic is the full term yeah. classic rock. <laughs> yeah, like classic rock, progressive rock, alternative rock. Yeah. Um, uh, I so mean, that's that's my personal title for it. But I've seen other people. Fully Coolie season it. four, punk rock. Fully Coolie punk. Fully Coolie punk. I mean, I would uh, gladly see a retro style Fully Coolie set in the '80s, uh, slavishly animated to like an '80s style. <laughs> Fully Coolie Funk. I would say next oh, one, Fully like Coolie Continuum. Fully Coolie uh, Trap Metal. <laughs> I like Fully Coolie Screamo. No, <laughs> it's, all about, it's all about uh, teenagers and crawling in their skin. I mean, to be fair, like, <laughs> Pro- Prog was almost Fully Coolie Screamo. Like, I could totally see, like, uh, I could totally see Hidomi just listening to, like, sad boy acts and shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's you don't know what she's playing on those headphones it's saying <laughs> it's, uh, it's the, playing nothing yeah. it's the soundtrack to uh to uh night of living dead <laughs> <laughs> it's just, just it's just hybrid theory <laughs> <Just looking back. laughs> that would be amazing actually <laughs> um so long as it's not reanimation Coolie, coolie. No, reanimation's awesome. Uh, I'll I'll defend reanimation. 
Mm. I like the tracks on the animation. Though I find some of the tracks are better (laughs) with the original, and some of them are better in reanimation. Yeah. Well, okay. I think they're both equal. I didn't really have too much problem with them. Lincoln Park is There are other screamo acts besides Link Park. I, I know. That. I, just, yeah. I just I just wanted to pick something very like, like you know, I left. I wanted to leave nothing to the imagination of the viewer. Or listener. I, I just can't think of any other ones. They're the only ones I, I kind of <laughs> tolerate. I'm I'm way more familiar with 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 trap metal, which is like the spiritual inheritor probably to screamo, where it's just Actually, like literally like metal screaming and like hip hop trap beats. And I fully coolly metal is not a bad that, title either. Fully coolly metal. Fully Cooley finally crosses over with Death Clock. That is Mike Lazo's dream project, right? No, probably no. That's his nightmare. That's his nightmare. Don't take this thing I like and put it with this thing I don't. Fully Cooley ambient breakbeat. Fully Cooley deep space bass. Yeah, that is a deep reference. It's not that deep. Yeah, not for, for these, not for not hopefully for, not, not for, for this, yeah, hopefully not, not for listeners of this show, but yeah. uh, outside of that, I don't think people would get that. Yeah, they think like, man, I feel. I still I, say the vindication should be called the deep space base. Well, I mean, okay, so uh, side story. I, I, so I do my music of Toonami panel, and I have a copy of Deep Space Base, and I always go to the panel. I'm like, hey guys, like eventually I bring it up, um, and I'm like. So how many do you bought Deep Space Base and nobody raises their hand? And it's always like, well, that's why Toonami doesn't make CDs anymore. <laughs> I did. So congrats, you'd be the one person to raise your hand at the panel. Yeah, I would be the one person. Now, I didn't and, 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 buy well, here's the hand. Here, and here's and here's the whole problem with me buying it is is like, yeah, me who was in the middle of buying like shit tons of drum and bass CDs anyways at that time. It's like, of course I bought. I was into I was into electronic music before I was into Toonami. You're telling me my this anime block that suddenly got me into anime has a soundtrack and it's all drum and bass sampling these anime I like. Of course I fucking bought it. <laughs> Fully coolly drum and bass. That would actually be sick. They can get yeah. me to do the sound. They could they could shorten it as <laughs> Fully Cooly D and B. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, to be fair, I think you like I, I would I would I would if we do if we see sequels, I hope they do keep certain aesthetic choices the same keep getting um the pillows back to do music and keep plumbing their catalog for it uh keep getting the same character designer back always always sadamoto i think he did such a good he did such a good job of uh helping this stay thematically together um uh just from a, a visual aesthetic perspective um even with the very soft yashike tones in palette of alt versus the colder industrial um like you know i want to say fully industrial there you go uh tones of progressive here's the thing is i don't want fully coolly industrial to have like a nine inch nails type soundtrack like i want that to still just have the pillow soundtrack no of course they all still have the pillows doesn't matter yeah uh i Maybe 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 the fellows will come in and be like, all right, we're gonna do a metal version, guys. Right at you, thanks. I'm kidding. That was terrible. We're not gonna do that. Arthur, Arthur. <laughs> this is not Detroit Middle City, okay? That would actually be sick, though. <laughs> it would be sick and awful at the same time. I'm going. To I'm that. not. It depends on how well they perform it. <laughs> really, like 
I'm if like, it works, it works. I'm, you're I'm making me. It. You're making me want to do a, a really unfortunate cover. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I won't do that. Um, um fully coolly hip hop. I would actually. Well, we got that. We got that. Kind of got so that. Far. We got. Yeah. We got. We got rap and Hardico, who totally did like her. They totally got Carrie Walgren to do a rap and Space Goblin kind of rap. <laughs> Which okay, I don't. I don't mean to hate, but like she kept rhyming girl with girl, and yeah. it got on my nerves. And I was like, no. it, well, the whole thing is they yeah. weren't. And they weren't Maltese, right? It wasn't like the, the then. Oh, but you got to look to the words before girl, and those also rhyme. It wasn't like some sort of clever multi thing. It's just like, no. <laughs> I, I'm actually going to be curious to see how if that reads better or worse in Japanese. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, I, I don't say Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Okay? I actually, don't I would, envy the dub writers trying to make that rap work. I don't envy yeah. them at all. That it's seems just like a pet peeve of mine when when rappers make rap the same word to rhyme with the same word and i'm like that's not rapping <laughs> occasionally somebody can do it in a uh, way that lands with orange oh no inch or inch door hinge like as as we've learned from eminem you can rhyme things with orange you might be very annoying while you do it but you can do it <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that that is just a personal pet peeve i do not blame the dub writers i would have not done a better job so uh salutes anyways because it still works because the character is so compelling and yeah kari well, sells the fuck out of it yeah no but i mean also just that like is a that, that Haruko would do it is funny like it's fine because it's just like it's a goof it doesn't like i don't expect her to like fucking sound like kendrick lamar and if anything like they should have just leaned in it to being more like mumble rapper no i i think kari's a little too articulate to to do mumble <laughs> rap like even if she wanted to i don't think it would have sounded well no, so like... i mean I, with 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 the voice that she does for haruko where she kind of amps up sort of the nasalness of her own natural voice like eminem would actually be the the, the, the rapper to emulate 100%. yeah it would not be yeah i don't think mumble rap would have worked uh and and again i also don't envy the um, the uh dub writers who would have to do mumble rap that would <laughs> oh god uh, how do you like, even direct that Oh my god. You don't. You well, just don't. You hope for the best. <laughs> you get some Sprite and you get some promethazine and wait, don't do that. <laughs> hey, look at man, do not tell people how to make lean on him. <laughs> uh Jesus. Okay. <laughs> don't ask how I know about this stuff. Y'all shut up. We all listen to rap. We, we we don't need to ask. We all listen to rap, I think. I yeah, think everybody yep. on the show listens to rap. Yeah. <laughs> I used to. I still do. I still well, do. I don't listen to the current mumble rap. Better run them jewels. Yeah, yeah, I better run them fast. Although I'm I'm a little run the jewels out, so I'm, I'm giving them a break until the next album. Yeah, I'm going to be very curious to see how... Completely side for tangent. Very curious to see how run the jewel for you is going to sound. But... Um, yeah. Actually, I mean, that's, that's the flip side is, is like, it's kind of amazing that um, considering DeMarco could have gotten pretty much any music he wanted because he is like such a, you know, like he's like this, this shadow A&R God in his spare time, um, you know, like just to sort of follow through and, and understand again, I think if there was a cash in aspect to Fully Cooley, you would have, I would have definitely been a little bit more eyebrow raised if he's like and here's all these adults and music artists doing the soundtrack and be like mm, that here's been... done <laughs> yeah. 
hey, Kidavelli did some of the soundtrack. I'd be like, yeah, that's just, I mean, no disrespect, but like that does belong. Yeah, I like Don. I like Don well, a lot. Guys, you know you want Fooly Cooly to have a song from Gucci Mane? No, we don't. Actually, that's I, not actually, really Adult Swim. That's not really Adult Swim. But actually, I take it back. They did get Future once. So that would be, you theoretically could have, uh, and actually the, the music video Adult Swim did for Future's Coop is great. Yeah. But, um, that is a, and it's probably one of my favorite Future songs because he actually kind of like, he bars out a little. It's like, it's, it's, it's not as, like it actually has some heat on it. Um, but it's like, yeah, like there's like, he's got connections for days. Um, like he, he could have, you know, if you wanted to have like, we're going to get this big alternative actual rock band that the pillows references to do things. They could have done stuff like that, but they stuck to an aesthetic. And that to me strikes me as given their opportunities to cash in, they ignored them and focused on making a good show. Um, you know, until the sequel fully, fully cash grab. <laughs> that would be fucking amazing. <laughs> Fully coolly cash, ca- fully coolly cash cab, and it's just Carrie Walgren in a pink wig driving a uh, a cab around, <laughs> giving away that money. Would, that would be an and amazing like streaming series. Plate. That's a that's an Adult Swim daytime streaming series if I ever heard it. <laughs> Do it for a week to promote the next one. <laughs> oh my god, that feels. Anyways, um, should we just get to final thoughts on on fully coolly in general? Yeah, 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 that's a good idea. Somebody else other than me start so I can shut up. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, though you may or may not like these additional seasons, or maybe you only like one of them, I think they appeal to different kinds of people and different kinds of tastes. And ultimately, I feel like the world of animation is richer for having it than it would be to not have it. Yeah. That's my take. Uh, Darrell, you want to go first? Yeah, because, you know, y'all been the most outspoken about it. Um, the only thing I can say about it is, like, all three, you know, have its charms and probably is, you know, lackluster moments in it. But for the most part, I enjoyed all three fully cool. And I'm just, for one, grateful that I got to see two more seasons because I wanted another season out there at the end of the first time. So, you know, you know, being a psychology major looking at all this, I would say that each Fooly Cooly would probably resonate with someone, you know, depending on what they're going through or what point in life they are in as far as being a young adult, so they can actually relate to it. And that's pretty much it. That's all I got to say about it. Um, so I personally am really happy they made these series I was a little hesitant at first because, you know, when you make a sequel to anything that's beloved as Fully Cooly, you raise eyebrows, period. Um, and, you know, this being a co-production also complicates things. But this is probably one of the best co-productions ever made, uh, definitely in recent years. And it's, it's just it, the fact that everyone cared and came to gave up their all it, it it's there on the screen and you feel like they they had something to say it wasn't just a retread of of what had come before and uh with alternative especially it 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 spoke to me in ways that i didn't foresee coming um and i'm really happy that they made these series i 
I welcome more if they want to do more, not just fully coolly, just more co-productions like this, where it's not we're going to throw money and you do whatever you want. It's, hey, we have some ideas. Let's try to make something really special here. And we want to shepherd you through that. And I, I like that approach. I think that, you know, because animation, like like filmmaking and the rest of television, it's a team sport. You know, you, mm-hmm. you it's not this tour thing. Everybody comes in and contributes. And there is there's a semblance of, you know, uh, of camaraderie that I hope comes from this. And I'm glad to see that the production IG and Adult Swim relationship is stronger than ever. And I can't wait to see what these guys do next, fully coolie related or not. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm really impressed that um, for things that have such different staffs, they managed to come together to um, do things that honored the original in a way that make it feel like these were um, natural outgrowths uh, of something that was originally very much intended to be a one-off um, and managed to tell, like I said, you know, as people said, as I said, um, very different coming of ages for different people. And while that, and taking that risk that, yeah, by the nature of the different struggles that different people face, things, any aesthetic questions aside are going to land differently. Um, and to see that uh, Adult Swim took that uh, patient, gutsy approach to it, um, speaks well of them doing this stuff in future, so long as they feel like they, you know, um, had a win with it. And I guess that's the main thing that I, uh, I guess my main takeaway is, is like, I really enjoyed it and I hope that enough other people did as well so that we can see whether that's, you know, more fully, more fully coolie or more IG adult swim, uh, projects or just adult swim working with, you know, other studios. So, you know, if this is the thing that helps them branch out and cut their teeth, like the, that industry can use a partner that's not like late night UHF aiming into, uh, moving stuff in anime stores in Akihabara. I think it's really valuable to um, to get uh, for the health of the medium and the diversity of the medium partners like Adult Swim in. I think they did a very good job here and I hope this uh, just because I want more shows like this that are interesting and that you can talk about. Um, I want something that has resonance after you watch it um, I want that out of what I'm consuming as television, um, however I'm consuming it. And uh, they they nailed that, and I want more of it, and I hope it works out that we get more. Um, all right. I, I guess that does it for us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want more, too. No, I, I, I'm with you. I want more. Uh, thank you, Adult Swim. Thank you, Production ID. Yeah, thank Great you. Great job, guys. Thank you to Mark of Deity. You did it. You did it. You you went against the odds. You pulled it off, and you it, created it, something that's, at the very least, interesting and memorable. Which is if actually, you, if you need a producer on the home video release, you have my email. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, just a saying. <laughs> hey man, just put it out there. Call me. <laughs> oh man. Oh. He's not listening to this. Um. <laughs> well, he, he read my stupid essay. 
Yeah, but he's definitely that. <laughs> that yeah, but there's a difference stupid, between dude. reading your essay and listening to a two-hour-plus podcast. Uh, it is a long essay. <laughs> dude, that, I mean, it was long, but the thing, it, it was so worth the read. Here, here's I what mean, you I do. I went back you... and read a couple times. Excerpt this part out of the podcast and just send it to him on Twitter. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> just hide that in the last line of like my alternative write-up. And by the way, <laughs> I think you might know a guy who would be good I, at this I, thing. Just segue into it real natural. It's like I really enjoy this. I can't wait to buy both series on Blu-ray and or DVD. And you know what? If it's not being authored yet, may I suggest? <laughs> <laughs> he did a really good job on IGPX. That guy he did a bang up job. He's in no way somebody who I'm acquainted with through the internet. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> no, of course not. No. Of course not. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I'm super glad that uh, we could have you guys on to, to talk about this. As I figured, there was plenty to say. It's fully, fully. Like, people are going to be breaking these two shows down for, like, the next two decades. I have been wanting to talk about Alternative forever. There's just nobody to talk to these days. I'm busy. Sucks. Yeah, I know. It kind of sucks because we, me and you, we used to have a lot of conversations, obviously, about everything. Well, scary yeah. and stuff. I miss that. I, yeah, I, I miss that too, but I, I'm so busy these days, man. Like, it's, I barely have time for much anymore. Speaking, speaking of busy, I got to get back to packing for Japan and having a dinner. So, it was wonderful chatting with everybody. Well. Let's yeah. all eat food. Uh, I had food earlier, but uh, right. I enjoyed the dinner. I have at least a little bit of food left from earlier. So <laughs> which work. Pi- by the way, I'm wondering which pillow song is going to play us out. Last dinosaur, please. Last dinosaur. Last dinosaur. Oh, I didn't, last dinosaur. Oh, last I didn't dinosaur know. Is a good pick. <laughs> oh, you already used last dinosaur. Um, well, it can't be. Thank you, my Twilight. That's too on the nose. I already you used know. that too. Oh, dang! Third man. eye. Third yeah. eye. Use third, third eye. eye. Yeah. 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 I'll take that. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. All right. You guys want to like tell people where they can find you on Twitter? Oh, sure. Oh, shit. Yeah. 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 Chill, chill. (laughs) Um, You can find me on Twitter at Arguing Meadows. Uh, A R G U N. No, sorry. I'm spelling my own last name. (laughs) A R G U I N G. M E A D O W S. Arguing Meadows. It's my last name, but kind of in a pun form. I get it. Carl, uh, chill. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at, at Carl R. Olson, K A R L R O L S O N. That's also my dot com. And, uh, if you uh, want to listen to my music, that's at ultraclassfriend.com. I am dropping a new album very shortly of drum and bass called uh, Sorekara Doshitano, um, which is Japanese for And Then What Happened. Uh, I just stole that from uh, uh, Asobi Asabase. And um, it, yeah, it drops on November 1st. I totally forgot to plug Lupin. Um, yeah, wait, wait. Yeah, and also Jose's got a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh Lupin uh Gold Babylon, which is a dub I produced, um is coming out November twenty seventh. It's gonna be awesome. 
Uh, you guys are going to love it. It's Pink Jacket Lupin. It's the first Pink Jacket Lupin to ever be dubbed. So wow. please enjoy that. Um, also, we are currently, we just started this week, and I think we're wrapping up tomorrow. Uh, we started dubbing Eternal Mermaid, uh, which we announced back at Oticon. So look forward to that. And we have more Lupin stuff in the work that I can't talk about, but it's awesome, and I promise you all are going to love it. Didn't you uh, work on Bananya? I also did work on Bananya, yes, but that's already out. Like, you can go buy Bananya. I'm in it. Well, tell see people if you, to buy See it. if you can find me. <laughs> go buy Bananya. Go buy a GPX. Go buy Street Fighter 2. I don't know. I worked on a ton of crap, man. <laughs> see if buy you can find him in his one-off cameo in One Piece. Yes, buy all the things Jose worked on, and then subscribe to my band camp. I'm going to Japan. I need money. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> Do that especially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think we Darrell. Yeah. Uh, yes. What what's your Twitter and what's your plug? <laughs> oh shoot, man. Everybody know my plugs, man. But you basically follow me at Ukami underscore samurai seven at twitter.com. If you want to follow me on my more tame um Twitter, which is Nasia underscore Rohaladinasi at twitter.com, you can follow me there as well. All right. You can uh, email the podcast at podcast at tunamifaithful.com and at Toonami Podcast on Twitter, all that stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. And you can ask me questions on curiouscat.me backslash Sketch1984. Good times. We also have a Discord. Uh, look into it. There's good people there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's a heck of an episode. <laughs> For those of you still listening, thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Holy everybody. Shit, we've been talking for two and a half hours. It's wow. okay. They'll love us. It's fully cool. We were like I said, people are gonna like be if it's anything like the original show, people are gonna dissect these these two shows for like decades to come because it, the meat's there. The meat is there. If we went what? a half hour longer, it would literally be as long as season one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But look well, guys. if you add up well, if you add up all the podcasts about the episodes <laughs> We had yeah, Alex Von David on, and he talked about Sword Art Online for three hours. Ooh, well, that's Alex shame. went on a tangent, man. So the length of Fully Cooly Progressive is what you're telling me. Yes. Like, yeah, Malcolm X was three hours long, and I watched that. Okay? <laughs> Anyways, I do have to bail. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you both. Uh, yeah, we're done here. So Ooh. thanks for listening. And with that, we're punching out. Deuces!